Let's do the damn thing. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to take it to the burn land. It's about to go down. Hope you're ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. Come and roll with me to the burn land. Friends got to giving you the word, man. Any other BS is absurd, man. Sports talk and they give it to you firsthand. They can talk turps, they can talk O's. Yeah, they both lit. That's how it goes. Baltimore squad, Ravens and Poe. Better tune in. Here gonna show. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. What's up, BSers? It's all about that BS. Hey, babies. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> you know, your wife would have given you a ton of shit if you'd have gone to Scott Rowe. We got these turps <laughs> running out here, sprinting to the end of their uh, amateur status. Uh, so, you know, we can bring back the little hey, baby. Guy that got the number eight, thanks to Al Davis being alive. Unfortunately, I don't think there's an Al Davis that's going to draft our boys in the first round this year. No, it doesn't sound that way. At least I hope not, anyway. <laughs> Uh, man, we got an action-packed show for you. Uh, the NFL Combine is now a wrap, so we take our first shot at a live mock draft. Well, I know a lot of fans had a lot of fun with us doing that last year, so we want to get your guys' take and opinions on things, so make sure you chime in through the chat room. Scott is in the producer chair today. What's up, uh, Doing his thing over there, so he's going to be interacting with you in the chat room. Uh, and we got a special guest, Garnett West, super fan, man, the original OG fan of the show. Garnett West joins us to. Pretty sure uh, he outdates me. I don't know what I'm doing. I think here. he does. I think <laughs> he does. <laughs> and he does his own stuff, too. So. He does. He does, man. Good guy and uh, looking forward to having him on the show. Absolutely. I'm really excited to get it started. I know these mock drafts have been a lot of fun just doing them on my own. I think, they, I'm, EDC, I'm coming for your job because I think I had like 13 second round picks when I got <laughs> done yesterday. Right. <laughs> and as you mentioned, man, we had a few Terps shine bright at the Combine. His two in particular lead the way for their position groups in the 40. Uh, one I don't think was a surprise. The other was a surprise. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and in this week's rundown, we're talking gamblers, arrests, and patriotism. Absolutely. It's going to be a the lot of fun. The whole gambit. <laughs> we got everything in the rundown That's today. Right. Kind of like our sponsor. That's right. <laughs> we started out with uh, with nothing but football and ended up with the whole gambit. <laughs> yeah, it was, we were brought to you today by Bowers, Hanson, and Herndon. Remember the team at MD Crash we've been talking about for years? Uh, well, they expanded. More lawyers handling a much broader spectrum of cases now. So, if you're caught gambling you shouldn't be, maybe you should <laughs> give them a call. If you're caught taking weed across the internet, national border maybe you should give them a call i don't know they cover pretty much everything <laughs> the cr criminal cases traffic courts everything call them at 667-220-6500 anytime if you don't have that number in, in your phone yet you're just not a fan of birdland bs so put that in your phone 667-220-6500 and uh give them a call next time you have some issues Often wonder if Birdland BS is streamed in prisons near you. <laughs> I, they got cell phones. They do have cell phones. They're not some of them have cell phones. Some of them live better but, lives than we do yeah, in some ways. Bro, I worked in a prison. They got zebra cakes. You worked in a prison? I did. I How have I known you this long and not yeah, known you worked, worked in a prison? Well, it was a detention center. So you were a bouncer. <laughs> that does not mean you worked in a prison. I was. I was the nurse. I was oh, the nighttime nurse at the detention center in Towson. It wasn't. A, uh. It was a jail, not a prison. I guess. So but we have a boxer. People there for like five years, so I don't get it. You're supposed to be there for less than a year for it to be jail.
jail. But if your court case isn't over, you're just like still stuck there and haven't moved to prison. Yeah. There were plenty of murders rolling around. It wasn't a, it wasn't the best place to be locked. <laughs> Sounds like fun times. The day I learned about Ryan. All right, yeah, we got Ryan. The things you know. Yep. And then you got Scott. I'll do a lot of here. things for money. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, we got a lot to cover with the Ravens. Like I said, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do our first shot at a mock draft live. I've done a few of them, posted them on Twitter. Uh, this going back the last couple of weeks, but uh, wanted to do our first shot. Now that the combine is a wrap. Before we get into it, though, I do want to bring our special guest on the show. Uh, let's welcome in Garnett West as he comes live to the show. Garnett, appreciate you joining us, man. Garnett. Let me uh, hold on a second. Right, I'm not go. hearing you, buddy. Oh, oh, can you hear me? Go. Go. We got it. We got, got you now. What's going on, man? How are you? Perfect, man. man. Doing good, Doing good man. man. Thanks, Thanks for having me on. Big, big fan, fan, long, long fan, fan of the show, of the show man. man. Yeah, you've been around for a minute. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Salute to you, man, as well. Uh, appreciate your service and everything that you do for your, for the country. Yeah, we got patriotism. We got bringing Garnett West in here. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, we got a lot to talk about with the show. Like I said, uh, the NFL Combine is now a wrap. Uh, and, you know, I think for the most part, a lot of guys kind of fell into where we expected them to fall. I don't I don't put a whole lot on the underwear Olympics. We've talked about this it's before. It's the most right? important thing at all. It's the only important thing about drafting people because the Terps did so well. I have to definitely lean <laughs> and say that's the only thing anyone should think about when drafting players. <laughs> but I, I got to say, though, my, I guess my first thought after the combine and correct me if I'm wrong, Garnett, it seems like it's going to be a deep draft. And at a lot of positions of need for the Ravens. Absolutely, man. It's like, it, man, where do I start? You know, I think a lot of people have, uh, that's, that's been following me on uh, Twitter, if not just, you know, Neil or Garnett478 or the Neil W478, long story cut short, just know something happened. I was about anyway, to say, you got uh, like multiple personalities <laughs> on Twitter nowadays. I don't know no, what's going on. No, yeah, yeah, yeah so, something happened, but it, it got situated. But uh, <laughs> so I came out and I made a, a, a Excel sheet and I just wanted to see where we was at the roster, right? So right. I started making color codes and then the color code, you know, obviously green means, okay, he's the starter, you're good. Well, right. come to figure out, we didn't have that many greens. We had a lot of oranges, <laughs> reds, blacks. I'm like, oh, my God. So where do we start with this, man? So when it comes to a mock draft, man, right now, it's, it's so, it's so, like, there's not really a wrong answer because the free agency has, it was about to start. And that, shoot, that's a crazy entity of itself right now. But, um, but yeah, man, it's, 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 it's a nut, it's a, it's a, I don't even know what to say, man. It's just wild. Nah, you're, you're, you've hit the nail on the head. I think that the Ravens do have a whole lot of, of needs, and you bring up a great point because this is, in my opinion, so far Eric DaCosta's most important draft, right? We're at that transition point of where the contracts are coming due, the big one that's still looming with Lamar, and obviously all the chips that fell today at the quarterback position that's going to up that ante even more. Uh and like you said, there's a lot of positions that we need to get younger at. There's a lot of guys that are going to be retiring, that type of thing. So you've got the Ravens have nine picks in the first four rounds of this draft, right? So they can do a lot of damage in this draft. But Eric DaCosta has got to be on his game and team. Absolutely, man. It's one of those things where this is one of the most critical drafts, I feel like, in this uh, four-year, 10-year, man. I know uh, – you know, I, I've been, I gave him a little, uh, you know, a passes here and there, but this is a, it's one of those things where I think I said this earlier to somebody and I say, this is a, 
super critical to the point where either we 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 we're we're, we're set back, especially in a deep AFC you know conference with a long addition with Devere getting uh, Russell Wilson. So it's gonna be right. pretty tough. But if we don't do nothing, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be really bad, man. I, I, you know, that's just me as a fan speaking, and also just just trying to keep it real. It's it's, it's a lot of things that needs to happen. You know, hopefully, uh, I guess, I don't know, y'all going to probably bring it up on the rundown or whatever, but, you know, it looks like Darren Wolf is healthy as if he's, if he's shooting down 2,000-pound bubble. Right. I so said the same a, thing that's a, yesterday. That's a start. Right, exactly. Yeah, I don't think his gun's healthy is all it takes to shoot a buffalo. Did he carry it home? <laughs> See the size of that heart? Oh my god, the size yeah, of the yeah. heart was the size of my yeah. head. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he was head. shooting it with uh with two two arrows for what I right. two arrows. Yep, two oh, okay. arrows and one was straight through the heart and he ripped the heart of it out and has a picture of it in his hand. At least his upper body's in good shape. We gotta get make sure that leg is. <laughs> well, I gotta ask you, so you know, obviously you listen to the show every week and you do a lot of uh, good in the chat room, but I got I got to find out if you're on the same wavelength that I'm on, right? So we talked a lot about it last week, some of the biggest position priorities for the Ravens. And you can go one, two, three with this. You can kind of say, you know, they're on the same playing field. But for me, I think the the four top position groups of need, offensive lines got to be number one because, again, if you're going to be – trying to keep Lamar in the fold for a long time. I think part of this contract holdout is him saying, hey, what are you doing to protect me? What are you doing to put around me first before I make that decision? Uh, And two, if you're going to make that investment, you want to protect that investment, right? So I think offensive line's got to be a priority, number one. Defensive line, also a big priority. You got a lot of question marks there with guys that might be coming back but might not be coming back to the Ravens. You got some guys that might be capped casually because of age and just cap number space. Uh, you know, you've got some under, you know, not that Matt Abuike was bad last year, but he just didn't live up to the hyper expectations. I think a lot of us, especially live Drew, up to our expectations. Yeah, he just, he didn't step up like we thought in year two. Doesn't mean that he won't in year three, but he didn't. Uh, so you got some big holes and big question marks on the defensive line. Uh, and then obviously outside of the line, your edge rushers, right? You got Adafe Owe and you've got, you know, um, uh, Jesus. Tight, bunch tight. of jobbers. Tight, <laughs> Bowser. Yeah, Bowser, right, who's out with an injury. Uh, beyond that, you've got a lot of question marks. You've got Pernell McPhee, who's most likely done for the NFL. He's probably retiring. Justin Houston, who was here on a one-year one deal, contract, yeah. more than likely he's not coming back. So for me, those are my top three position groups, and then fourth would be secondary. What's your you know uh, priority in that group? I Seem- Looks like we lost your lost your audio. Lost your audio, bud. Oh, what, oh what there you go. go. Yep, gotcha. Yep. All right, so yeah, basically, basically, uh, <laughs> with that is, uh, I, I'm gonna go back with the uh, the office of line. Um, yeah, that thing right there, man. So he, this is what I find so funny. Hopefully, I don't make y'all laugh too hard. So <laughs> we started out. Hopefully, we we started out the season like, oh my god, office lines in shambles, mm-hmm. all the way, all the way to the end of the season. We're like, oh my God, offensive lines of the shambles. We get to the combine and get we see these guys running 4'3", 4'4", 4'5", bench press 300 pounds. Or like me, bench press like 25, you know, do 25, 30, 30 reps and all this stuff, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, man, we could probably get a, a, a tackle or a center in the third round. I think we can get that. We can go ahead and get this edge, <laughs> yeah. this edge rusher right here. I'm like, we all season, we were clamoring over hey we need to replace obj we need to like no we need to get a center because bozeman might be out 
then everything just goes out the window when these guys put on some underwear and run the 40. So right. I, 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 I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going all the way, you know, take care of the line, man. You, you're about to pay uh, a generational tier one mutant of a quarterback generational money. Yep. How about you do the right things and get the proper, you know, the proper thing that's in front of them. AKA right. Tyler Lindebaum. <laughs> we'll get to that, man, as we get into this draft. So, but so my only issue is that I go back to what you said with the fact that there's not a lot of green boxes. There's a lot of yellow. We don't there's a lot of people that could be in that position, could be not. And so I looked more at like youth and versatility that you can play right guard, left guard, center, that you can play all these different things. And that's the one thing I don't see Leonard Ball. He's a center and a center only. And that's all we got. And so if we have another guy that could play center, then he's now useless. Here's when there's other dudes that have skills across the line and we don't really know where our green boxes are. I mean, I think the the Ravens have a good idea of where their green boxes are and who's in the future. Maybe we don't as fans, but I think the Ravens do from a front office perspective. And the other thing is, when we're talking about your top-tier picks in this draft, you're in a rare position. The Ravens are in a rare position to pick number 14 in this draft. They're very rarely this high in the draft. That speaks volumes of where this organization has always been, right? Uh, so you can't miss this pick. And when you pick somebody like this, it's got to be a day one starter, and it's got to be somebody who is going to make the biggest impact and going to be on the field the most, right? So, like, I know a lot of people have talked about edge rushers and David Ajabo and, and some of these other guys that are, are high names up there that, that are really sexy names from an edge rusher standpoint. But for me... Offensive linemen, we say this all the time, offensive linemen do not grow on trees, right? And offensive linemen, when they're good, are super expensive. This is why we're losing a Bradley Bozeman. This is why we have a terrible contract now on our hands with Ronnie Stanley that wasn't a terrible contract, but now with the injury is, right? So if you're going to invest a first-round pick, which guarantees you five years of team control at least – to me, it's going to be at a position that one costs a lot, two makes a big impact, uh, and three can be plug and play right away. And that's why I think offensive line is more attractive to me. And if that's center, if that's offensive tackle, I mean, I'm fine either way. But edge rushers, you can find the Justin Houstons of the world. You can find some guys out there to bridge you for a year or two on the open market, unlike offensive line i have one exception to that and his name's jordan davis that <laughs> <laughs> you you cannot afford or find that man very often all right so let's you've got garnett like putting his hand it's, in the, his, it's the only exception if jordan davis is there i disagree with everything you say. tell him why he's if wrong jordan davis is not there no problem come on garnett Four tell him why garnett. he's wrong <laughs> all right so Hey, man, you know, I, I love you, man. Hey, I, I I've been wrong that. lots of times. I thought Clowney was sure. Today, no, <laughs> today is no different. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing about Jordan Davis, he's a spectacular human being. Like, it's just everything. Yeah, like about Lamar on defense. Like, just... <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> but it's one of the things where uh, it, when you look at him, it looks 6'6", 330, or 340, 487, or 482, or wherever you're, 478. I don't even know where you ran. Ran something ridiculous for a side, which is awesome, right? But but the thing about it, when you look at him on the field, though, it's like you, you don't see the – when you when you're like, oh, my God, like this is crazy. But when you don't see the sacks, though, you don't see the production. I understand that Georgia had a deep rotation when it came to like just having a, a star-studded lineup like him. Him coming out had a guy named Carter who's going to be a top 10 talent coming in next year. So 
it's a lot of things that that goes on with Georgia, but at the same time, though, when you look at him, it's like, is he going to be, you know, this guy that you're thinking of, or or is he going to end up being an Albert Hainsworth? No, right. no, no. Albert Hainsworth was a bad man at one point in time. And I'll then he take got Hainsworth every day. And he... <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, that's you, man. But I, I just feel like stop on my forehead. Whoa, there's a guy. Uh, <laughs> there's a guy at a uh, UConn, Travis Jones. You can literally get him maybe in the early or mid second round. So it's all about how you play, like how the board's gonna fall, like how we're gonna do this draft. Yeah. That's gonna be one of the guys I'm gonna try to go after. I would try. You're 100 right. When, I, when I traded down, I loved that UConn guy. When you can put up those kind of numbers on a team that sucks and they can triple team you on every play, he's a bad so, bad man. So to that point, right? <laughs> to that point, talking about Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis for me was the combine gold medalist, right? He's the guy that shined the most at the at the combine. Ran the ridiculous 40 at 395 pounds, he was or whatever the fuck bad he is. Man in the national championship game too. Though. I, I understand that, but when you look at his statistics, his statistics remind me of baby he reminded me of brandon williams right so but brandon williams at 14 doesn't make sense we found brandon williams in the third or fourth round brandon williams is a run stopping specialist and that's where i think jordan davis is he might have a little bit more ability to get after the quarterback but if you look at his stats i think the most stacks that he ever had in a season was two or two and a half right i just there's not enough there 360 ballooned up to almost 390 and is now running at 340 so he's gonna have a much better so where does where does he actually finish then when he's actually at his playing weight did he just jump down to be a combine gold medalist somewhere below 360 because i think he's a would be awfully awfully quick after that I don't know. I mean, listen, there's I'm not saying I'd be completely disappointed. I just think that there's in my opinion, there's bigger needs. Scott, I mean, I don't know what's your take on the Ravens need at the top of this draft. You would you if you had the choice of those top tier offensive linemen or this combine warrior defensive lineman, where are you going? I it's one of those things where do I want to go? Where do I think they'll go? Where do I want to go? I want to I want an offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think we need it. But I don't know. I forget who just said it a few minutes ago in the chat. Joe Burrow got to the Super Bowl without an offensive line. Right? <sighs> to an extent. To an extent. But I think one of the things is you have to look from a defensive standpoint, you have to look at how many pieces you lost this year on that defensive front. And I've said this before. Right. Patrick Mahomes the year before got to the Super Bowl without an offensive line, too. They both. What happened? I I wasn't going to cut him off, but what happened to Joe Joe Burrow the year before that? He got hurt back. Or his ACL? Exactly. (laughs) I'm not not disagreeing with that. What I'm saying is. Jordan Davis ran a faster 40 then. Pat Mahomes. Oh, and that's <laughs> so. This is where I'm torn on the idea of. I think we have edge rushers that are edge rushers in the making. Nobody's a splash guy, right? We talk about you talk about numbers. We talk about a guy, a guy that wanted wanted. We wanted to do so much better than what he's been. Look at it's Sack Daddy, right? What's he done? He ain't Sack Daddy in the NFL. Yeah. Right? He's he's barely been able to to show out at all. He's had splashes here or there. But I, I think, know Sack Daddy's done really well. <laughs> I, I think. This is where, and Garnett and Fred, you guys are going to probably yell at me for this. I'd trade back or trade trade in a situation. Now I agree. That I would actually take <laughs> Jordan Davis because look at what happens when we don't have Big Baby on the field. If you don't have – Calais is gone and he's gone. Jordan you Davis have is gone no top true, 15. You have no true run stuffer on this defense. I would If he's there at 14 – 
I'm thinking. I'm seriously I'm, thinking about taking again, him. Again, I'm knowing not, what he's done. I'm not saying that defensive tackle isn't a need. Defensive tackle is absolutely a priority. I just have that as a lower priority than the protection of your franchise quarterback, the potential forty-five million dollar a year man. You have to get him. You got to get him protection, and it also, I think, plays a big part in the dictation of whether he signs long term here or not. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're if you're willing to risk the gamble of not having him here long term, I think you're crazy. <laughs> is, is my opinion. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he can't be here long term. What I'm saying is, I I want them to go offensive line again. There's what I want and there's what I think they're going to do. Right. If Jordan Davis is available at 14, I we'd be stupid not to take him because look at how many effective well, offensive linemen we have drafted in history in, in history of, of the franchise. We've had only a few guys that came out of the first round. Most of the successful guys come out of the, the third and fourth round. We've been able to prove that we've been able to do that. So the, the big splash guy in the first round, it's great, but those guys don't always pan out. We've gotten lucky on the few that we have, but I think we've done a better job in those later rounds, which is why if, if a guy like Davis is there, what he brings to the table, yeah, I, I agree. If we trade back, I'm 90% going offensive line at that point. Like, right. if you trade from 14 to 20, 24, then I'm right there with you But guys. if you're not like, going to trade, then you take, Listen, you take, take all right, We're going to get to a mock draft where we're actually going to involve trades. So I'm going to set this up, Garnett, just so you kind of know how the rules are going to go with this mock draft, right? We're just we're doing the first four rounds, which is 95% of the Ravens draft anyway because they've got nine picks within the first four rounds. This one, we're letting the chips fall where they may. We're not going to potentially pursue any trading up or trading back or anything like that. We're going to stay pat as to where the Ravens so are we're actually declining every at. trade that's offered Declining to us. any trade that comes into us. We're going to let the, the chips fall where they May and when we get to 14, let's have an open discussion. I want everybody to give their opinion Davis on where we 12, go. And then we won't have to discuss this. Then, well, there's, <laughs> there's some other names that fans are clamoring for that we haven't talked about yeah. yet. Yeah. And I definitely want to get Garnett's opinion on all this stuff. So let me pull up the uh, draft room here and uh, get that going. So, again, so if you guys do... haven't used this before, this is uh, on yeah, the draftnetwork.com. Uh, this is actually a, a mock simulator that you can run through. A lot of people use it. Garnett, I think you've used this before, uh, and it's it's a it's pretty good. It's a pretty good setup. Um, as we get closer to the draft itself, they I believe they actually turn on the ability to do trades um, and and actually utilize and look for trades or take trades. Oh, so let's see who we got available. You might want to scroll down just a little bit. Here we are at 14, right? And here, I got it. Yes, sir. 14. We've got the, the guy that kind of came out of nowhere that everybody's high on offensive tackle, Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. So Penning, we'll talk about him first, right? He fits, fits a need. Obviously, offensive line's a big need. We definitely have a hole at right tackle. We more than likely will have a hole at left tackle because I just don't feel good about the Ronnie Stanley situation. I think he could play on either side of the line. Um, the thing is here, and, and, and what everybody got excited about, is he's coming from a smaller school, right? And not a lot of people knew much about this kid until he went to the Senior Bowl. And at the Senior Bowl during the practices, this kid made a name for himself. He's tough. He's gritty. He's got that nasty streak that we like in an offensive lineman. And, yeah, the footage is exciting, right? He's taking this defensive end from Ohio State, and he's throwing him around and throwing him on the ground. But here's the, the side to this, right, that yep. I don't like. 
You don't want him chucking guys like that at your $45 million he, quarterback. Yeah, he literally need the Oklahoma quarterback out. He threw the dude through his ankles. Okay, there's a prime example. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> First thing I thought in my head is, it, damn, it that's awesome. Film. He threw it through his quarterback. He sacked his own quarterback with another body. Okay, well, there you go. That's that's exactly my point. <laughs> I mean, he also has his, it, all these throw into the ground. 80% of that's going to get called in the NFL as a halt. Right. Like, it's just, they're not going to let that Absolutely. happen. Absolutely. Right. And here's, here's my other thing, and I, I wanted to get your opinion on Penning. I, th- I think that he meets a lot of the eye test, but I think my biggest concern with him is he hasn't really been tested against any kind of elite level talent yet. Um, you know, he's again, the whole throwing players around at the senior bowl looks cool. Uh, but at the end of the day, we just, again, to, to take a number 14 overall pick on a guy who hasn't played in the sec, a guy who hasn't played in a big time conference against big time players is a really big risk. Yeah, and I got an Ohio State tackle in the early third that I like way better than Paley we'll, right we'll here. We'll see. Garnett, what's your take <laughs> on Penning? I think he's, uh, you know, talking to, you know, my, my guy Cole and uh, other guys that are pretty, you know, good at recognizing talent. Uh, Trevor Penning, I, I would not get him at 14. I feel like I think a lot of people just fell in love with the, uh, the you know, the guy. what you guys just talked about. Him throwing players, just being super aggressive and all those things. That's cool and all. But you're doing it against, you know, lower level talent, I believe. So and here's this is what I laugh and I know it's gonna really happen. Let's just say in this world, you know, in this crazy world, he ends up being a Baltimore Raven. And he has to go against a uh, you know, a a, a Miles Garrett who already retweeted yep. saying, I can't wait, or he says something. Yeah, it's not gonna like, happen he's, again. he's like yeah, exactly. So it's one of the things where how how I look at it, man, I, I just don't see it working. He's more of a linear athlete, like I think I, I just said a while back. He, yeah, the 4.9, 4.9 is pretty cool. The 10-yard the split was nice. But when it comes to him, I just don't – it almost feels like we're getting a younger version, a younger aggressive version of a guy that we probably should be letting go named Villanueva. That's just my opinion. But wow. I just – I don't know. It's just – I, I, it, it, it's like tall, lanky, athletic type build, but like like he's just not flexible. It doesn't really have really great technique. So it's one of the things where you're just going off of just what you see on film is just the you know the aggressiveness, like how you guys, and that's a flag, just like how you said, Ryan. Yeah, my thing with him is is this the wrong year for the Ravens to take him? He's a very high ceiling player, but he's not ready yet. And that's our window is quickly closing. We need a player that's absolutely ready. If this is three years ago and this player is on the board here, I'm pretty excited about it. But our window is closing. We're right. not growing together. We need someone to play right now. And this dude may end up being an all pro, but it's three years from now when Lamar's already walked. Right. Any other thing, like you, you mentioned Miles Garrett, right? And Miles Garrett's already verbally harassed him on Twitter, as you as you pointed out. But this division in itself, I mean, not Miles Garrett. You got Miles Garrett, you got Jadavian Clowney, you got TJ Watt, you got right. I mean, they're loaded, uh, and, and they're gonna have a tough time to Ryan's point, and like I said earlier, I think at 14, this this has to be a can't miss prospect. And as as intriguing as Penning is, there's too many question marks around him that Again, if I'm trading back, I entertain Penning. But at 14, again, we're staying at 14 here. I don't think that's the pick. I do, to your point, think, again, offensive line is the main priority here. Tyler Lindenbaum, uh, Linderbaum from Iowa is on the board. He is 
in my opinion, a can't-miss center prospect. He's played in the Big Ten for Iowa. Eric DaCosta compared him to Marshall Yonda. I don't really know. I mean, <laughs> that's a lofty comparison. I, they went to the same college, I guess. Yeah, there's that. But uh, <laughs> either way, it fills an immediate need. It locks up a center for at least five years under a rookie deal, uh, which is crucial, I think, to to Lamar, and that's just my opinion. By the way, as far as the, the Penning piece goes, you have Yuri that chimed in and said, if you want great value version uh, of Trevor Penning, you can go after Tyler Smith, who's from Tulsa in the second round. There's with very similar, very similar style prospects. That's so. great. That's a great. That's a great point because there's a couple of offensive tackles. One from Minnesota, which Minnesota was loaded on the offensive Absolutely line. Uh, that's got me, you know, looking at the second round for tackle, but center. There are only maybe one or two elite level centers in this draft. And it was the same thing last year yes, when Creed Humphrey was right. on there. And uh, what's the other guy? Um, it was Creed Humphrey and Oklahoma and Alabama. I can't think yeah, of the other guy. The other Donovan guy. West is the next level center, right? Right. And he's all the way at 142 projected on this. So in my, in my, in my opinion here, if I'm making this pick, listen, I know that there's some other names on here. We, the, yeah, the Jordan. Jordan Davis name is still on there. Uh, you got Malik or no, you got uh who else do we have on here? Oh, no, both both cornerbacks that I would have considered are gone. Uh, yeah, I think really by the so way, if, we've already, no if it shook out this way, I depending on who's behind me, uh, what you got the you got the Eagles and then Chargers you don't have to worry about, but maybe the Saints. Uh, I'd, I'd be fielded from some phone calls for a trade up here. Okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah. So it's not this week. <laughs> so so I know that we're probably going Linden Baum here. I've already discussed Davis. I've already argued that point. The only other person I want to bring up in the same realm as Linden Baum would be out of Texas A&M, Kenyon Green. Uh, this kid came in as five-star recruit and showed up as a five-star. I know stars don't mean shit to Fred over here, but he showed up at Texas A&M, started as a freshman, dominated as a freshman, and continued to dominate all three years at Texas A&M, played both right guard, left guard, and a little bit of right tackle. So that's the youth, and he, and he came out as a junior. We were talking about Lindenbaum. We are talking about, I think, a redshirt senior or a senior. Right. Um, so I just – was looking at the youth and versatility, and that's kind of was my favorite interior offensive lineman was Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. I, I like it, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be there. You have a guarantee at Linderbaum right here, who is the number one center, and we know how important it is. Holding off and waiting till that second round or third round and hoping that he's well, there. Well, he's still projected as a first rounder, so I'm not I'm saying you could take him here technically. Right. He, Walk me through your thought process here, Garnett. I don't know if you can see the draft board. Can you see the names that are available outside of Linderbaum? Is there anybody else that you're seriously considering here? So, so here's my thing about it. So this is what I like about this, uh, this system, but I don't like about it. It's the fact that like, so with Daniel Falele, the guy that, you know, Minnesota. The, the Minnesota, the Minnesota man, you know, six, nine, three, well, three eighty on a bad day, three seventy on a good day. Super athlete. I call him a tier one mutant. What I mean by that is just the things when you watch him on film, it's just freakish. Like, ain't no guy that big supposed to be moving that fast. If you thought, like, to me, I know he might not run a four, eight, what uh, Jordan Davis did, but we're talking about a larger human being, Brian, right. that did that. That just that when you watch him on tape, you go from holy shit that he just really do that type of feel for it. So it's one of the things where, man, I feel like uh, I I don't think how how is shaping up right now with a lot of young quarterbacks are that are like literally you know needing that uh, protection at the line. There's a hard, a solid chance that six or seven tackles are going to go off this board fast. 
And I think he's one of those guys. So if Leonard Baum, let's just say if he wasn't there and Daniel Falele was there, I'm definitely going to. Oh, we lost your audio, bud. Oh, yeah, I'm here. I just wanted to cut off. Just I had excess. Oh, okay. Just yeah, no, like yeah, I said, yeah. I think I, I agree with you. Like the, the kid from Minnesota is high on my radar. 14 is way too high, in my opinion, to get him. That, that would be a guy that I might be considering taking some of those third and fourth round picks, packaging up my second round pick to move back into the first round, kind of like the Ravens did uh, with Lamar, picking it like 31, 32, somewhere around there, one, to guarantee you the extra year of, of contract you know, control, uh, and two, you have the extra picks to do it. If you get Linderbaum here at 14 and you get that offensive tackle, you're really good on offensive line. That makes me feel a lot more comfortable. Okay. At least in my opinion, couchy. You know, the couch has been really, really quiet over this. Uh, I mean, we got we got special I, guests. Kind of. Oh like, man! No, no, no! Hey, I don't want to hey. talk over anybody. No, no, you're no, good. It's, it's harder to no, more people. No, it's harder. Hey. Give us your. You take. guys haven't said anything that we haven't been I, thinking. I I see uh, as like we like to go best available, not what we need. So. I'm looking at Kenny it. Pickett, man. <laughs> because if we don't have a more, his hands are too small. I don't care if Joe Burrow has a cow head. That's my talk. strong hand. We're hey, definitely going to be carrying hey, three quarterbacks. Julia Whopper? Julia Whopper. Oh, man. My thing I wanted to bring up kind of right before we started the draft, the more we talk about a Davis, a Leonard, but like the, the main the main key players we've been talking about. You have to also, and it's a little nuance for Ravens fans. Do you really have faith right now that like when they pass up at a different position, like if they if they take the freak in Jordan Davis and they pass up at getting an offensive lineman, do you really trust them to find that diamond in the rough come second, third round when you have guys like? Cleveland and Powers that don't haven't really jumped off the page yet. We need him at every position. Well, that's what I'm saying. But like, do you? <laughs> we need diamond and roughs everywhere. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, and that brings up the. That's why I don't remember really saying it right. But like, that's why I don't think a guy like Davis, I would take. I would go for more of a sure thing like Linderbaum. To be honest, I think out. you can trade down here for I, a for a ransom. And well, here, here's here's, here's the life. other thing. I think I think we are undervaluing. Because we had such high expectations for Matabuike, I think we're undervaluing what Matabuike and Washington are going to be able to do on that defensive line. That I don't think having a Jordan Davis is that catastrophic. Would it be a a perk? 100%. Hold on. Would it be a perk? Yes. But the bigger immediate need are positions that we have holes at. And I don't think that hole is as big on the defensive line as it is on the offensive line because you've got multiple holes. And what I liked about him was that he he played all four positions for Georgia all the way across the defensive line. So wherever we have somebody that this is our dude, he doesn't have to play there. He can play anywhere else. That's a lot. uh, (laughs) Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell can line up across the defensive line too. do 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 you think... They have the guy. The, do they think this is another thing you got to think about? Do they think they have their center? Do they think it's Macari or Colon Castillo? I don't think they do. I, I don't believe they do. I, there's been rumblings out there that the Ravens are even talking to Ryan Jensen, uh, bringing him back in the fold. So if they're if they're considering bringing him back in the fold, I don't think they're comfortable with their center position. It's just Bradley Bozeman has contractually played his way out of Baltimore. They're just so, not going to be able yeah. to afford him. All right, so so let's narrow it down, right? I hold, know on, hold on, Drew's, Drew's got one no, final right, thing he wants to say. I'm going outside the box before someone stole my thunder with his way outside the box one. <laughs> you, we, you, you talk. Ooh. Granted, I know we would think that 
Le- you're you're going with Lamar wants to see what you get him yep. as far as protection. Mm-hmm. And I've always been with you on that one. What if he's also thinking I could use another weapon? We look at what we heard from last year, and I'm not saying it's, it's apples and oranges, but you always heard Bar- Burrow ask them to draft Chase, mm-hmm. to give him another weapon to get Chase. Now, it's a little bit different scenarios and all that. So what do you think right here in that position? Garrett Wilson's a, a 6'5". You so love all wide receivers. Here, here's the thing, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, uh, Garnett. I like Garrett Wilson. He's another athletic freak, another one that ran like a sub four, four forty. He was like in the low four threes. Um, but like Nick Cross, we've got a plethora <laughs> of wide receivers still on this roster that we haven't seen them hit the field yet. Right. I don't think Lamar is going to be chiming for help another piece or another weapon. And if he is, I think that weapon can be obtained through free agency, whereas offensive line help isn't going to be as easily obtained through free agency through free agency. It's going to cost you a hell of a lot more money than what a wide receiver would. I, I full heartedly agree. I think it's just something to like chime in on, like thinking we think of like what, how much input does he have? Would he give input like, oh, man, I want that big wide receiver or even Drake, Drake London smaller, but Drake London minus the injury and coming back to see where he's at from them. They're both on the board. Would he, you think, like, just would you thought that he would be asking for another weapon? Go ahead, Garnett. So, so Drew, so Drew, we obviously, I, I know you watched the Super Bowl. You remember how it ended, sir? <laughs> uh, with a running back that didn't try to catch a ball. Yeah. <laughs> That 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 too. That too. But. No, I, I think I think to me, I I'm almost like like Fred says with Burrow, not to that the, the extreme extent, but I want them using as many picks as possible in offensive but, linemen. But yeah. hold on, Garnett, the yeah, Super Bowl yeah, ended but, with a defensive nose guard athletic freak. Ruining somebody. Okay. <laughs> so there's Davis no Aaron Donald in this draft. <laughs> I mean, it's as close as we got. <laughs> no, he's nowhere near Aaron Donald. Right, he's a go totally go different player. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, so, so it's just to ring it in. So, Drew, how it ended was the fact that uh, Chase he basically murdered Ramsey on a route. He had him falling yeah. wide open. But the fact that literally. Uh, Burrow didn't have any time due to obviously Aaron Donald, but their line, their line, seven sacks. That that game was horrible. Like for him, it, it was a good game, but line wide was just horrible. But if he would have had just a just a second, just a full second, that ball would have been probably probably could have been completed, won the game, won in the game. So it's one yeah. of those things where how I look at it, man. Like so, think about this. Perfect example. You go for Garrett Wilson or, yeah, the, the receiver out of Ohio State, but you had an opportunity to get a, a Daniel Falele or let's just say one of those top three tackles falls to 14. So are you telling me would you choose that receiver no, no, over I'm, that tackle? No, I already, no, I'm saying, like, no matter what, for me, it's offensive line. Or at, I think me, you're just thinking okay. outside okay. of the box I'm of, just of, what, outside the box of what Lamar thing. is thinking. And, and I'm going based, based off of oh, our draft. Okay, I don't okay. think our this draft, the real draft, is going to fall that way because you're going to have, at, no matter what, I, I, one or two teams are going to be dumb enough to jump up into the top ten and go getting Pickett or, or Willis because that's how it is. You know, That's right. kind of the name of the NFL draft anymore. I, so I just want to go to Garnett's point is, as, as Fred says, 
Joe Burrow ain't no Lamar. Lamar could probably get away from him for a little bit, and make make so plays with his legs, and you really don't need an offensive line. You no, just get no. We saw why the offensive <laughs> yeah. line was so important and what it was in <laughs> 2019 to, to what it is now. Three picks on all Joe Burrow don't this have legs like Lamar though. <laughs> and and just just to wrap this up really quick, because let's make this pick and move yeah. on to the second round. But Bob really quickly, Fred and the guests want the same guy, so whatever. Just just going going off of what Drew was asking about like the whole Jamar Chase situation of the Joe Burrow thing that was a rare case right these were two guys yeah. that already had chemistry playing together in college and all that stuff that was his guy like go out and get yeah. him Lamar doesn't have that Lamar had that in Hollywood even though they didn't play in college Lamar knew him from his younger days and you know growing up together in he the probably same wants AB. hood and all that like he, oh, he's he asked, wanted he's asked about 10 times Nick yeah. Short said AB he, he wanted Hollywood <laughs> That's not the case here. I think Lamar, if he's looking at anything, if, if they're going to be any of his guys, 100% it's offensive line. Give me yeah. time to think and give me time to get rid of the ball yeah. and be comfortable. So, Amen. Tyler Linderbaum. Linderbaum is fine. Linderbaum going. In real it. life, I'm trading back 1,000% of the time because <laughs> there's three people we're arguing with. So yeah. try to trade back and one will be there. And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do that. And I think you could probably yes, trade sir. back a couple of spots and still get Tyler, but you cannot move far because I'm telling you he'll go quick. All right, so we've got one of our offensive line needs in the fold. We've got our center now. The other needs still offensive tackle. Still a need. I have seen him outside the top 15. Jordan Davis just went 25th to the Bills. All right, so we're coming up here. In the words of Alicia Keys, I keep on falling. (laughs) <laughs> that's right so it, it'll automatically so let's pause. just kind of let's kind of look at were there any names between those picks that jumped out as a guy that you were going to be looking at uh so jordan davis 25 to the bills yep keep going uh cameron thomas that's pretty late Kate for thomas. him too Leon johnson yep raymond okay he was Did, uh, guy christian wine Got the top three running backs. Christian so. Watson went at, the, at uh, 39 to the, to the uh, Bears. Is Kenyon Green still nice. on the board? Nice. Garnett, I don't even think we need to talk. You and I, we already yeah. sent, I sent you my mock draft earlier. Philele is there. He is available. I don't think this is a fucking even conversation. So look at the interior alignment, hey. too. I, I mean, Philele is, is a great pick. I'm not, I'm not arguing against him. I just want to see who's there on the, in the interior offensive line. Interior? Right, so so yeah. for a guard? For a guard, yeah. Hmm. Why are you thinking guard? I just, we Tyler have a hot Smith. mess all the way across. Tyler, I, Tyler I, I Smith's see, still there. I also want to see if my guy's still there. Tyler Smith's still there. Just to see where oh, this fell. That makes sense if your guy from, is he there? Tyler Smith? No, his a oh. guy. Uh, let's see. Kenyon Green. Are you talking about the safety? Oh, no, the he's, talking about, okay. he's talking about the center. So where uh, did he, he must have gone right after 14 because we didn't scroll are you back. On, off the Show drafted. Click show drafted and it'll <laughs> tell on. us where he went. It's right here. Kenyon Green went at 19. At yes. 19. Okay. So that's what yeah, I said. So, right after. so he, so he would have been in so the same realm as that our last gives you, pick. That gives you perspective, right? If Green went at 19, that means Linderbaum would have gone before him. We Depending were at 14. If the team wanted a guard or a center. No, he would have gone before him. <laughs> 100%. So we've got offensive line. We've got the pick of the litter here. We've got Philele, the guy that we were, you were even debating taking as high as 14, Garnett, right? So we've got the best of right. both worlds. Linderbaum and Philele here. Are there any other positions? We talked about it. Defensive line, interior defensive line being a need. Edge rusher being a need. Defensive back being a need. Uh, any names on this list that are is, available? Is Travis that Jones would, still there? He was the other guy we had talked about in this realm. He was projected at 57. Yeah, Travis Jones is there. All right, so go back up. There was another interior defensive lineman that was highly ranked there. 
Go to the top, very top of it. I'm Scroll. trying to. It's 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 always who's that? <laughs> Perry and Winfrey. Perry and Winfrey. Do you know anything about uh, him, Garnett? Oklahoma. Yeah, nobody yeah, plays man, defense in Oklahoma. God, yeah. <laughs> what well, except for this guy? <laughs> so, this is really. really I'm like, he's pretty good, man. Super physical, nice hand placement, acceleration off the line. He gets. He's a. a, a Am I allowed to curse? No, he's an effing dog. Just to be make sure it's all right. It up. Six four two ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, dog, dog. That's all I can say, man. Heavy hands. Compare Heavy him. Give me an NFL hands. comparison. Give him a prior Raven comparison. Mm. If you're going to compare him, to anybody. I say I, I, I want to say I want to say like a Melvin Ingram, like a young Melvin Ingram, like just okay. super physical. Like, so he can line he can up more on the end. Five. Yes, sir. You can line it up on the end and also play a little. You can kick him in just for a, a tad bit. He's, he, it depends on what type of tackle or guard combination he's going against. He's going to dominate. Replaces Clayus Campbell a little bit and the versatility you had from him. All right, Couch, what are you guys thinking at here? Still off his on. Hear me out. Okay, I'm no, waiting. I'm just kidding. Now. I'm listening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm, hey, I'm Sam. I'm all leaders, but there's the top three running backs are still on the board. No, <laughs> the Ravens. Jeez. You never know. God, you're I mean, J.K. Dobbins' number one you fan. Didn't Give it up the, already. You didn't expect him to take J.K. back. That nah, was just to be a jokeful. Yeah. Uh, nah, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, but the offensive lineman that that. Uh, yeah, I my just, I'm not, I'm if I'm Eric it. DeCosta, my anxiety level for this draft has just dropped fifty percent because now I've locked up my entire offensive line, my yeah. entire starting offensive line, literally day one, regardless of what happens with Ronnie Stanley. If Ronnie and Stanley can't play, Filelli can step in at left tackle. Macari can play right tackle. We've got our starting center now. We've got Zeitler at right guard, or right guard, and then we've got a. Uh, uh, um, plethora of people we can pick from you never know with james guard. how how far along he is in rehab just yeah you know he that they right. brought him in there is that too i <laughs> forgot about him, him. juan james as well so garnett you're not going to get a fight out of me and i i know your pick here is probably going to be flaley as well right all right there absolutely two thumbs up let's go Harry all right free next pick by the way all right now three all right, receivers. So as this is going on we've now we can basically scratch offensive line off the board Right. So the next priority is going to be defensive line and edge rusher. I know you've done plenty of these mock drafts. So we're entering the third round now at pick 76. Any names that have been coming up consistently at 76 that you like? Garnett, you're muted, buddy. So this where it gets a little tricky for me, man, because like my board has been falling in so many like funny ways that it's really hard to say who I would get or who I would go after. So, so the guy from Ohio State, I know uh, there's an Ohio State fan in here. Uh, so uh, yeah, Tariq Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, I'm just saying like he's he's pretty nice. Has nice burst off that burst off the edge. You know, just re- really good guy. He's a good. You know, a uh, you know, nice little dog mentality he has in him. So I, I, I like, I like him. All right, so we're at pick seventy six right now. Uh, first edge rusher on the board is Kingsley. I can't read his name. Eng Engbear is that right? Out of South Carolina. Out of South Carolina. Uh, he's an edge rusher. Got a couple of linebackers on the board. Our first interior defensive lineman is Mathis out of Alabama. Does he excite you so at all? Darian Mathis? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, he stood. For fun, Fucking show me stud. the cornerbacks that are still available. For, uh, corners. Yeah, you have to position. I had a, I had yeah. a couple. Yeah, click position and on the drop down. Yep. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, guys. Look. 
Kobe Bryant, RIP, but the other Kobe Bryant, like the guy, like this guy, eight, and I'm just going to say this and hopefully it rings a bell. Eight interceptions in two years. Wow. Need wow. I say more? Marcus Peters is what it sounds like. <clears throat> yeah, and that, I'm just going to throw that. And the thing about him, yeah, he ran a 4 5 2 or something like that. But at the same time, though, 6 1, 6 1 and a quarter, 192, I believe. But the thing about him, he's fundamentally fundamentally sound. I mean, you can't you can't have eight interceptions in two years and not be fundamentally sound. I, right. I just I, I just want to throw that. Okay, I'm going to change it over to the player rankings just to see who else is on this board here. That uh, is that Nick Benito out of Oklahoma, another edge rusher, is at the top of the player rankings. They have them ranked 69. Again, we're on pick 76. Um, the kid Drake Jackson out of USC, another edge rusher. But Mathis, the interior defensive lineman out of Alabama, uh, is popping up. Let's see what this kid is. 6'4", 317 pounds. I know you said dog. Where do you see him lining up? Is he more of a, you know, over the center? Is he outside? Can he move around? So he like it from the, basically from the zero. He can play a little zero and basically okay. uh, three, just uh, shade three or shaded three technique. He can definitely do like the man. He, he can do everything to be honest with you that you need. Only thing that I I was I want to see out of him is just more. How can I put this? Just have a, a plan at a plan when you get to the quarterback. You know what I mean? It's like. I think what he does is like basically he'll engage in with the uh, the linemen, and what he wants he wants to dominate them, but he doesn't like but he doesn't get beyond that if that makes any sense. Right. Okay. So if you had to make a selection here, I haven't heard anything from the couch. I haven't heard anything. I got from one Scott for yet. you. And I, 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 this one I'm serious on. This one isn't a joke. Now at pick because it's it's an offensive. Lay it weapon. on me. Lay it All on right. me. Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State. He was the Mackey Award winner for 2021. Uh, he really stood out at the Senior Bowl. Um, I went back and looked some more of his stats because I had seen some of the Senior Bowl stuff on him. But we talked about it in the past. Jay, uh, I mean, I'm happy Hayden Hurst is gone because it gave me J.K. Dobbins. Where's that other tight end that kind of extra <coughs> weapon? <and group? laughs> I don't know. Where could that other tight end come from? I, you heard me. <laughs> You heard me. Back to award winner with a thousand over a thousand yards, almost well, actually over ninety thousand. Uh, you see 90%. what he did to Michigan State? Maybe Michigan State is a little bitch. That's what he did. Congratulations. <laughs> Do you know who he's referring to? No, I know. Chick ran fast. I don't okay. care. <laughs> Chick ran fast. Chick hurdled defenders. Chick ran fast. Chick well, scored three touchdowns. When when Chick's Seattle goes and like drafts Chick for no reason or some random He'll team. He'll play with Tyler Mabry. Hear, cool. hear, hear me out on the Chick situation, right? There's. There's a lot, and, and who we're talking about, Garnett, is Chigakonkwo. He's a tight end out of Maryland that Ryan and I get to see pretty much yeah. every week because we go to the games. And Let's all be that. real. They he's just a fucking mutant. About him. He, <laughs> he, he is an a- yeah, absolute a, mutant. Yeah, Ryan's got a hard one right now. Hold on. Let, let me explain this through, right? This isn't just me being a Maryland fan. This is me being a Maryland fan and being able to see him up close and understand his value to the Ravens specifically. Okay, so what have we talked about for – for years that the Ravens do a lot differently than most NFL teams. They utilize the fullback, right? Okay. So for years we had Kyle Juszczyk, 
right, who was a very versatile fullback that could line up, catch the ball out of the backfield, was a more athletic option. He earned his contract and payday and moved on. We bring in Pat Ricard. Pat Ricard is more of uh, uh, the the mauler, you know, fullback, but he has the versatility that he can play tight end. Somehow can still catch the ball and move. Can still well catch the yeah. ball at three hundred some pounds, right? It's it's Track unreal. Guys down on defense. It's unreal how athletic he is. Well, he is going to earn a payday more than likely somewhere else as Makes well. Makes me very sad. Chigakonkwo fits that hybrid almost between Yushek and Ricard mold. He's 6'2", so he's not the prototypical tight end height. He's not that 6'4", 6'5", guy that you look for out of a tight end. But he can absolutely line up because he's got the strength, he's got the speed, he was just the fastest uh, tight end at the combine, so he can bring that versatility to that role solidify a couple of things, give you that fullback, give you that option for a tight end number three, give you another receiving option that I think that tight end role is important. So I agree with you, Drew. I just think Chig could bring value later in this draft, maybe even later in the fourth round, in my opinion. Do you like that idea, if Garnett? It's so or no? good, he should go before the fourth round, though. Again, it's, it's uh, all yeah, it's it's what we would else. use him for. We, what we, yeah, right, where we value him versus so other teams. So here's the thing. Like, this is why I say I'm, I'm, I'm a hell yeah with that with that guy, man. I I really didn't know much about it until the combine, and that made me want to dip dig deeper. And when you start naming off all those uh those statistics and all the things that he's done, and then just the film, it's like one of those things where when we used to do the dump off game to Patrick Carr, yeah, it got us maybe like you know at tops like maybe by eight to ten yards of him just rumbling, tumbling, stumbling. But with this guy. This is the thing that, like, if you give it to him, there's a big chance that it might go for a plus 20 yards. So that's how I look at it, man, with those type of freakish athletes. It's like, okay, I give a dump off to this guy, he gives me five. If I, but if I do a little dump off pass to this guy, he's going to give me way more than that and maybe a touch now. So I'm all, I'm all, about, the, I'm all about that, man. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I, you can send it. I do think tight end is a big need. But I, I really think the Ravens could address that even through free agency. There's been even rumbles about bringing Hayden Hurst back, or you know, not that the Ravens have been interested, but I know a lot of the fans are, are clamoring for it, right? I don't uh, think you could bring that personality back. He was awfully mad at us on the sideline. He was mad. <laughs> he, he was only mad because he thought he could go somewhere else and be that true legit tight so you end think number he's one. He's been humbled. I think he's humbled. He went to Matt Ryan, who puts up five thousand yards a season and didn't do much, and, and they now they drafted him. Tight end above him. Exactly. Now they drafted <laughs> another tight end above him. So I think that's the reality check that he needed uh and i think he would have a good niche role in this offense if he did come back but again i think tight ends a need i just don't like it here yeah i think interior defensive line and edge are the most important and garnett you're our guest so i'm going to give you the pick here uh between edge rusher or interior defensive line with mathis at alabama so Obviously, I'm going to go with Mathis, but for when it comes to the edge versus, I, I can't really get a good visual on the uh, the board. But who okay, are so the here, top, I would say the sorted by edge. He's just, it's. I think it's just Zoom. So, yeah, but sorted by edge. So the okay, top three are Kingsley, Engaber, Drake Jackson, and Nick Benito. Yeah, I'm just going to. I'll go with Mathis. It's just no, no offense to those guys. Those guys are good ball players, but. I, you know, put like this. This is one of those drafts where I said when it, when, it, when we all said what we all said when it comes to EDC. This is this is very critical. Everything needs to be well thought out, 
and like just hey, I want the sure thing at those positions that I'm going. And Mathis is that. All right. Anybody got any objections to that? I mean, my only thing is your Travis Jones is actually ranked above him here. If, if, if he's is that still available out of UConn? It, uh, he still is. Wait, wait, wait. What? No, I thought he went a while. Interior ago. defensive line. Hold on. Let's go to all. Just go to interior defensive line. A top right. Oh, top right. Yep. Sorry. No. No, I, I think he went. Oh, okay. Yeah, he went a while ago. Um, he's 65. Yeah. Yep. So my only yeah, problem with yeah, Mathis, yeah, Mathis is going to be the pick here. My only worry, I know it's Alabama, so they're so stacked all the time every year. He, he just basically only put up production this year. And for to go three years and do nothing, and then all of a sudden be able to but that's put that's because up they have studs every year. I understand year it's Alabama, and so it's probably a standard that I don't understand as a Maryland fan. Nope. <laughs> but, that's exactly right. But, <laughs> but I, I like to see guys produce more than a year when you're going to pay them this kind of money. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go Mathis here. Let's go oh, Mathis man. here in the third round. So now we've got both of our offensive linemen taken care of. We filled a big hole in the interior defensive line. We're going to fourth round now, right? We're going yep. into the fourth so this round. This is like now. a Michigan pick by Harbaugh, right? <laughs> Better no, not. Michigan somewhere in this round. The first round and nowhere <laughs> hey, else. I don't hey, want any Michigan not, guys unless is, it's a Jabo. <laughs> this is not John's pick. This is Jackie Harbaugh's pick, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Pick number 99. All right, so let's see where we're at. We got a couple of tight ends on the board as far as the rankings go. Uh, we got another interior offensive lineman the, out of LSU. So he's SEC guy, Ed. I can't see it because he got Ingram. it yellow. Uh, Ed Ingram. Uh, Cole Strange. This was another guy. He played at a small school out of Chattanooga. Mm. He was a combine warrior, stood out big time. Uh, and you talk about the, the question marks at guard. Cole Strange would be a guy that could potentially plug and play at left guard. So now you would be filling three potential spots in the offensive line. What do you think on Cole Strange, Garnett? So I I, I would not be uh, against it, but due to the uh, the unknown things when it comes to uh, safety, that's one corner, especially with the two injuries between uh you know Marlin with the uh, with the the pectoral. And then also right. with the ACL recovery of of uh, Marcus Peters, we're rolling with uh, Chris Westry, you know, and then um, God knows who at the other corner right now. So it's one of those things where, you know, is it, uh, that's why I'm trying to like weigh it in with the, on the back end. And I'm trying to see, do you guys think uh, maybe a Kobe Bryant or uh, let's see, wait, or a safety wise? What's the guy that you guys had to marry? Nick Cross. He was a mutant, too. Nick Cross. And, and that's you where we're going to go. So Josh Draft, Nick Cross. He's, he is, <laughs> listen, listen, hold on, hold on. He's the, <laughs> he's the number 130th ranked player on this app. But I think his stock is going to rise pretty highly after what he did at the Combine. Because a lot savage. of people just don't get to see Nick Cross perform. Again, Ryan and I get to see it every week. We knew the type of athletic freak he was. Both of us expected him to run pretty good in the 40. I don't think either one of us expected him to run that good. He has a track background, so that helps him with the 40. Obviously, he's got the fundamentals of it down. But what I like about Nick Cross is he is that complete safety, right? He, he's got the strength to play in the box and be a hard-hitting type safety, but he's got the speed and the range to be that ball-hawking safety. We've seen him in his freshman year make an absolutely insane interception yeah. on the sideline. There's a lot of athleticism to him. His, his football IQ is high. Sometimes he can play a little too aggressive. It's the only hesitation I have with him is sometimes he can play over 
over-aggressive and over-pursue. But I think with the right coaching, he can be a top-level safety in this league. I think he was put in bad positions by the Terps. I think that they had to ask him to do more than he's going to be asked to do at the next level. They had him, because of our injuries this year, We they had him in man coverage against their like number two wide receiver all the time as a safety. Like right. how, is that, how is that something he's going to be asked to do at the next level? It's not. Um, earlier in his career when he was coming as kind of like a specialist for third and longs and looking for, you saw more of that ball hawking safety more that we're shutting down this side of the field I'm gonna is gonna be mine later we ended up having him basically play corner he shows the ability to play corner he shows the speed to play corner if you watched him in the combine drills not just the 40 he looked just as fluid in all the coverage drills as any of the corners did yeah his his hips were great he's got got good flow quick first step he was really looked as good as like you know the third or fourth best corner of course he's not the you know top five pick guy but after that he can play corner with the best of them so i think he's a great pick I think you might be able to get him at our next pick, but you could also so that's, take him that's going to be the argument here is, again, he's ranked 130th uh, overall on these rankings. I'm going to be sad when he goes, but it is what it is. Yeah, so if we don't take him here, we run the risk of losing him. Nick Short says, do we really need a safety? Garnett, talk us through this, because in my opinion, we absolutely need a safety. <clears throat> Question marks with Deshaun absolutely. Elliott, whether he's going to be coming back. Uh, and I don't know if the Ravens are even going to be able to afford him to come back. And secondly, I think that they need a more rangy safety than a Deshaun Elliott. I love Deshaun Elliott, but him and I think uh, God Chuck Clark are too similar that they don't have that guy that can be that over-the-top safety. And Justin, I mean, not Justin Jefferson. We like him. Uh, Tony Jefferson, like we said last week, cannot no. be like the key safety. He no. has to be the He the is the new guy. Anthony Levine. Personally, I think we lock Nick Cross into the 108 pick, and we find a better thing. All right, well, that's kind of how go. I feel about Hold it. Hold on. Let me, let I was asking Garnett, so yeah. let's go to Garnett. Let's see what he does. It, yeah, hey. I have to keep these guys in control. Sorry, Garnett. <laughs> these guys, one no, guy. it's all good, man. You have to keep one guy one in control. Guy. Hey, man. Hey, I, I love the casting couch, man. Y'all my favorite, man. Thank you, buddy. But, uh. I'm just falling saying, down man, the though. ranking but, board. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so <laughs> with that being said, man, I feel like when it comes to the safety thing, I saw that Nick in the in the, in the chat. He was saying, uh, "Do we need? Do we really need a safety?" Uh, absolutely, because if you really think about it, so I think we put we put uh, Brandon Stevens in a in a position that he should have never been in, which is good. It's a trial and error thing, but right. I feel that. You know, when it comes to Brandon Stevens, I feel like he does better at the corner or nickel position more than anything. So it's one of those things where, like, literally, to be honest with you, I was just thinking about that we needed a corner. Yeah, we do need a corner, but we do have Brandon Stevens, which we're unsure of what we want to do with him in the first place. And for what I've seen, he like has he likes having his eyes in the backfield and also playing man to man. So it's one of those things where okay. I think I have a plan for this guy, but what are we going to have for a plan for safety? That's where Nick Cross is the curveball. And from what I've seen, man, this man, like, he reminds what's the guy y'all had? Darnell Savage? Like yeah. A while back, yeah. right? From yeah. Maryland? It's, it's almost Mr. like without IMT the Chris. With the Patriots. Like, <laughs> no. Right. Darnell Savage. Darnell Savage. Not Duggar. Not Duggar. Not Duggar. Jason Jackson. Not JC Jackson. Yeah. But yeah, but with him, I feel like. 
Like it, I'm watching him, man. It's like just how you said it. You, he you killed it, Ryan. He's he is a similar player, but he's he's even more athletic in my in my opinion, and, and I think right. he's more rangy. And the other thing that he has done before right. in a pinch and when we really needed it is he's returned punts for the Terps, and that's another so, angle that he could use with that four three four speed right. at the so next level. Just to throw it out there, you guys are getting a lot of, of chatter in the chat room to go safety and specifically to go Nick Cross here. Yuri chiming in saying Cross had a 9.9 relative athletic score. What's the hold up? Run that pick. There Black is Nation listen, says, go see. There, there, there really straight homers. That's why yeah, I said 108. That's, that's why we're talking <laughs> it through. Garnett is not a Maryland fan, not a University of Maryland fan, so he doesn't know a whole lot about him. We had to kind of sales pitch it to him, make sure he he knows <laughs> that this is you. this is a smart pick, not just a homer pick. Uh, because we, you know, obviously, we see these guys every week, and, yeah. and we know what the kind of value. That well, they that's bring. the thing is is that you know to Ryan's point, like you know, I think most people could probably that don't know about these guys. They're looking and saying, oh, okay, well, they did good at the combine, which could ultimately jump them up. So if you don't take these guys now in your next two picks, if you truly want them and you truly think they are the top talents at their position that are still available right now, then now is the time to do it. I'm running. I'm running. Running to pick up. Throwing the paper in. Get Nick Cross off the board. I want to take him a 108, but we can do it here. And honestly... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trick to the trade here working this uh, draft system now that you clicked the safety box he was going to get drafted before our next pick <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it always makes you pay for looking and not taking all right. right so our next pick is nine picks later at 108 overall so to your point oh. nine picks maybe we could have so had Nick Cross just, here just but, as, a, as a point of note uh, I believe it was Yuri that brought it up earlier uh, about Tyreek Smith being the edge rusher that we could have picked up later on as a value pick right just went at one. He just went. He just went. Who? Tyree Smith. Smith. Tyree Smith out of Ohio oh, State. Oh, really? Damn. Okay. So, so we could have got him at nine nine and Nick Cross at yeah. one hundred eight. Maybe. <laughs> Screwed maybe. the pooch on that one. <laughs> maybe. Were there any uh, cornerbacks or safeties taken in those nine picks? Uh, let's see. There was a cornerback. Josh Job and Martin Emerson. Yeah, and the Chiefs certainly needed a safety, so that's a that's something that could have been a problem there. Right. That's true. All right, Garnett. So here we are. We're at pick one oh eight. We've got what three picks left or two picks left uh, in oh, this? Yeah, like ha- go to my picks. It doesn't. Or, it doesn't over just there earlier, like trade one, you. two, three, four. So we've picked four. We've got five more picks then, right? But that's for the whole draft, right? No, no we, have, we have nine the picks. In the, not yet. Nine, nine picks, picks in, the, in the five first, first four, four rounds. Yeah, we got nine yeah. picks. Plenty so of time got, to get chick. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So the the glaring hole is definitely edge rusher. Your next pick is nine picks away, by the way. So factor that in to whatever All right. decision. So you're we in. got a pick at one oh eight right now, and we got another pick at one seventeen. Again, the glaring hole for me still is edge rusher. We haven't addressed that yet. Sort it by edge rusher. I want to see if there's any names that pop off the board to Garnett that's available right now. All right. So let's go down this list. You got uh is it my guy, I already see this guy. Who do you want? The, the Tell first, us why. The, who and the, why? The first one. The, Sanders. So the guy. The guy that. Yes, sir. The first. That guy. He punked out the the <laughs> uh, Ravens' flock favorite, Trevor Penning, like easily. The flawless victory, Mortal Kombat style, punked him out. So it's one of those things where, like, like it's one of those things where, like, it's just everything about. I understand. I think was he the one who had the sickness where he was just a little sick under the weather, so yeah. he tested a little bad. Or I think, but so, like, when you watch his film, it's just it's straight. Just he, he's a grown man. Like he, everybody's drinking out of a baby bottle. He's not. 
it's, it's like when you watch him play, it's just one of those physical plays from the moment he gets off the line. How can I put this? The moment he gets off the line, he makes you know that he's there. That's all I can say. That's the best way I can say that. Okay. So they're describing in his um in his breakdown here that he's also having trouble keeping weight on. They say he's fluctuates anywhere between two thirty and two fifty five, and the latter would be beneficial. Um, so it's definitely he's slight for the position and having a hard time keeping it on um, is the only real downside I see here. But they do describe great first step, great quickness, good strength. Um, so it's really been more of just like the frame side of thing that's holding him back. I have been corrected, by the way. It was Tyler Smith that Yuri was looking for, and I don't believe we've seen that name come off the board. Right. Tyler Smith. As a rela- replacement for Penning. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we've got our tackle. We yeah. got him in Flaley. Yeah. So Garnett, outside of Sanders here and outside of edge rusher, okay. So we've we've addressed both offensive line positions. We've addressed center. I mean, we addressed uh, safety. Um, any other positions? Though we got the interior defensive line. I mean, you know the Ravens are going to take a cornerback at some point. They do it every year. Um, it's that's basically a given. But I still think edge rusher's got to be the pick here. I, I think so too. So this is, I think we're we're you know we're so, you know we're doing the draft thing, but also we just you know in consideration with the free agency. Right. I think uh, to be honest with you, I think in free agency in the free agency market, maybe or I'm hoping they shoot for a a, a, a you know a low budget premium safety if that's even a thing, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> also maybe a maybe a a corner as well. So but when it comes to air rushers, man. That's the one thing I think the one thing that a lot of people learned from this previous Super Bowl or this previous season also even with uh even with the Cincinnati Bengals when they they invested in a Trey, uh Trey Hendrickson like those edge rushers are not going to be there in free agency from my from my opinion. So you you got to get a guy in this in these type of rounds right here. Okay. I mean I like, like the a, guy uh, out of Cincinnati. Yes, I, I I watched him at the combine and then that triggered me to watch his highlights. I liked what I saw. I just, you know, I didn't know if there was another guy that might have been a little bit lower that was a better value, but if you're ready to jump off the board the, with him, I'm ready. The next guy off the board, the D'Angelo Malone, the only thing I'm seeing on him is it's more of a speed rush, more of the actual like specialist of sacking, getting the quarterback, um, and had longer productive years. He's been three years, but it is, again, at Western Kentucky, a little bit, I guess, very similar to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not... <laughs> You know, a monster program, but they do will play yeah, anybody a anywhere. Program. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati was in the, the yeah, playoffs yeah, this yeah, year, yeah. so they're a pretty pretty good program. And if anybody playing on that right. team, I'm gonna. So we're consider. gonna go Sanders here. Let's go Sanders. Yeah. All right. So Sanders is drafted. So our next pick is just nine picks later at 117. Uh, as we're getting close. Holy crap! So. All right. Your next pick is gonna be again nine picks later. Let's check out tight ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that I, idea. I, I, that's where I was kind of thinking is that you got to kind of start looking at this. You All right, he's third on the list. Third on the list. So it is this pick or next pick if you're trying to guarantee that he's our boy. So looking looking at the tight end, like we said, obviously the third tight end was a need for this team. Point of note, two tight ends have gone since our last pick. Okay. So we've already pitched our case for Chigakonkwo. Are there any names on this list? Ferguson, Woods, Ferguson. Prince, Turner, any of those guys that you know anything about that stand out to you that you can sell us over Chig? Uh, I don't know. No, no impact, no, no idea. No one can really sell you guys over Chig at this point, right? <laughs> I'm asking Garnett. No, he but, might know no. somebody. Chig Ferguson's a four-year starter no, in Wisconsin. No. 
He showed a lot of uh, really good blocking skills and prowess, and he, he's going to be a pass catcher. So that could fill that role of being a pass catcher and being a blocker. Okay. okay. Which sounds like a good Nick Boyle replacement if Nick Boyle isn't going to be in the fold long term or that injury is yeah. going to last longer than he's 6'5. That's the benefit over Chig. Yeah, because me, I just, I tight end, I'm like, I like in this setting, we're doing what we're doing, but like, I really have, like, closer we get to the draft, like, I really have started to worry about adding tight end death because throwing out Tony, Paul, Jean, and guys like that shit, and Oliver, it, these projects, it just doesn't cut it. Right. All right. All right, Garnett, where, where do you right. stand with this tight end? And, hey, man, I guess we're going with y'all, you know, uh, Maryland's finest on this one, man. I'm down with it. I'm <laughs> hey, down with the call. We, we can go it's, outside I mean, it's, and it's, let's go. Yeah, if there's another position group that you think is oh. more of a need than tight end, you let us know. Let's let's go with whichever one of those tight ends is left for the next pick, whether it's Chig or or Drew's boy. If, yeah. they're, both, if they're both there, we have to have a conversation again. Well, I'll pick something else here, and whichever one's left on the next pick, we go. So what's the other position group that you're looking at here? Go to sort it by all. Did you sort it by yeah, all? Yeah, sort it by all right okay. now. So, so here's the thing that we've been – the linebacker that I probably wanted out of linebacker, he's long gone. Christian Harris, he's probably long gone, but there, that would have been a nice choice around here. I don't know. Is he? I don't know if he's gone or not. But, yeah, uh, he's gone. Yeah, him, he was gone. He went, to, he went to the Bears. Yeah. At yep. what, eight? So he would – yep, down. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was wow. quick. Damn. All right. So <laughs> with that being said, corner wise, uh, did uh, Naramiah Pickett Prickett? I think I said his name right. Uh, I know. Auburn. I just saw his name. I don't know if he went or not. So look up Prickett. Or sort by cornerback. Might yeah. be easier. <laughs> so <laughs> while you're doing that, before you look look, look at him and then we pull up his profile, if he's, if, if he is available, Nehemiah Prickett, the guy. Yes, out sir. Auburn. He's available. Auburn, Auburn. He's available. <laughs> now, so this guy, before you read his profile, like I sit there and watch his film. He can literally play inside, outside, and the thing about it, he's nasty. Like physical guy for a corner, and also got ball skills. Never heard of him in Baltimore, but he had ball skills other than Marcus Peter. So it's <laughs> one of those things where like, when you watch him play, it. it I know a lot of the attention went to the other guy across from him. Yeah, I'm Roger man, McCreary, who I loved. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody, like he's McCreary is like stellar, but this guy over here, he does all the dirty work. Like he he does inside and outside all day every day, and he does a phenomenal job at that. I should say. Well, he's an early enrollee. He's a true junior. So he's that, a little undersized. I mean, six one. He's got decent height, but at one hundred and seventy nine pounds, that's pretty light. That is. Small for a corner there, yeah. yeah. Heavy with the hits. Heavy with Light, the hits, but huh? heavy with your hits. Heavy that's kind of like I, uh, I, like that's a ball like Washington as well. Okay, right. All right, so all right. Well, then I'll give but you the pick you here. Got, where we no, at? no, no. Let, this you're the oh, guest, man. right? We're gonna do mo- we're gonna do many of these mock drafts, man. This is why we hey, had you on man, this week. That is why you are here to yeah. bring the Listen, expertise. Ryan, and, like four more Ryan, of these Ryan April, and I so. are really happy. We sold you on our Maryland guys already, right? Yeah, so. We might be getting another one here shortly. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if, okay, if right, Pritchett well, is the uh, guy, you know, we'll go that way. Hey, you can't have enough corners, man. So I'll, I'll go with yeah, him now. We found All that right. out, right? <laughs> so All right, take Pritchett. Pritchett. Yeah. All right, so we got another pick coming up here at 126 overall. Uh, is it going to go? All right, let's go back to tight end and I see what's available. They're both still there. Just take Chig. Uh, all three tight ends still, still there. Over. We got Ferguson, Woods, and Chigakonkwo. 
Ferguson, click him. Holy I want to see a little cakes. bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> click uh, Ferguson. 6'5", 250 pounds. You know, Drew talks about him being a good blocker, traditionally first, but could split out. Says worst case scenario should be a tight end two and a red zone target. Red zone target. Okay, so check with he, see what it says our needs are still. He is the prototypical tight end two. What I like about Chig again is the versatility that you don't pigeonhole him to just tight end. You can use him in multiple facets, and that's where his value is higher to the Ravens than it is to John's other teams. Also going to love him on special teams. It, it also it also says too. this right in there. Jake uh, Jake Ferguson isn't necessarily one of the more sexy options this year's class as a receiving tight end, but he's still all around talent at the position. So it's a Nick Boyle, which yeah. is a great thing to have. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What's it still saying we need? What's not crossed out? Tight uh, end, tight end, running back, wide receiver, and linebacker. Okay. Well, I'm not worried about linebacker. So where did Pat later. Ricard come from? Pat Ricard was from Harvard, right? Or no, not Harvard. Um, shit, that was. Uh... My point being, like, they didn't know Pat Ricard would be that. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I could help your case too. They didn't know Chicago was saying, anybody until this week. They weekend. didn't. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it could. If you're gonna do that, they're gonna knock. They're if, not taking that that early. Go ahead, Garnett. Yeah, so I, I'll go with the guy from Maryland. Hey, can I get like 10 seconds to uh, go use the bathroom real quick? <laughs> go for go. it. Go for it. Right, right, right. right. like, yeah. right. Just I mean, take Chig. Just take Chig. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get two Maryland players here. You know no that this is happen. definitely not happening on draft day. I know, but I'm going to be so excited. At least live it up now while no, we can pretend. Chig's going to get drafted by like pick is 138. <laughs> Maine, that's right, Yuri. Appreciate well, look, two it. Two tight was, ends uh, went off. It could have gone. It could have happened. It was Kyle Yushek that played at Harvard, right? It was one of yeah. them that played at Harvard, but yeah, uh, Ricard played at Maine. So take a look at running backs at this point. Since Ferg- Ferguson went next pick, by the way. Oh wow! So we, you know, that was and good. Jo- Jelani Woods so went they, to the all Titans. three went at the same time, so we couldn't have held off. Yeah, any longer. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah, we got you. Yeah. So now we're at pick one thirty-eight. Go to my <laughs> picks real quick. Let's recap. <laughs> All right, so first round, we ended up with Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, second round. Daniel Fillele, the offensive tackle out of Minnesota. Uh, we got Fedarian Mathis, the interior defensive lineman out of Alabama. Nick Cross, our star safety at Maryland. The best school we've mentioned so far. Maja Sanders, <laughs> the edge rusher out of Cincinnati. Namijah Pritchett out of Auburn. And Chigakonkwo, again, out of UMD. So... I like this lineup. This is the Homer or us draft pick, and I and love it. And that's fine, and that's okay. I'm pretty sure our <laughs> fan base loves it too. Jacob says Chig's athleticism would make him a very solid backup to Andrews, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Is I get it. He's six foot two. He's a little undersized. He's not that six foot five guy. But you can line him up as an H back. You can line him up as a tight end. He will shine Feeling on versatile. special teams. A four five six forty, like that speed is but ridiculous. Chig also end. has solid hands. What do we say? Oh yeah, absolutely. That, right? absolutely. And you need that. Ability. And when you do that, what, do we, what can we go back to? We can go back to that t- three tight end set on a regular basis that made us successful almost three years ago. And, and the other, what and the you other, need to do. And the other part of this that, about Chig specifically is Chig was very underutilized as a pass catching tight end at Maryland. It wasn't until very late in his career as a senior, even halfway through the season, before Maryland decided to start going to him and uh, Loxley opened up the offense. But even the year with Tyler Mabry there that they were both playing, he still shined. We still had such. He 
had moments. Yeah. The, the, he had these plays that made you know that he was going to be the guy. His heart issue and the COVID-shortened year where he skipped that whole year. Maryland was a whole different team. They had no one that could produce right. at the tight end level. They lost Mabry. They lost Chig to the, to the illness. And the tight end just evaporated. We couldn't do anything. Bringing him back, completely different offense. It's going to be really, really awesome. So Nick, Nick says drop Boyle and keep Chig. I don't think that's smart. No, only because different they're different players, right? Boyle yeah. is that traditional blocking first tight end. We got to have that because Andrews is not that guy. Chig is not that guy. So if Chig and Andrews are going to be in the fold, you need a Boyle to yeah, be unless your you're blocking moving Villanova yeah. to tight end. I think you need to keep Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hell no. So you, got, <laughs> so you got two picks left here in the fourth round. Pick 138 and pick 140. They are two picks away. You only have the Packers in between them. So you have, according to the needs chart, you got wide receiver, running back, and linebacker here. Uh, a few running backs and linebackers as top-rated guys that are still on the board right now. Uh, where are you looking at? I'm looking at Chance Campbell. And that's <laughs> the last pick. That's the last pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, oh, you want to get even crazier? You want to get even crazier? Jared Bernhardt. Oh, God. No. <laughs> That's an undrafted okay. free agent, Ryan. We'll get that Garnett, later. who are Maybe I'm we gonna, can trade for Jake Funk. I don't uh, know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to throw it to Garnett. Garnett, who are you looking at here, man? What are you looking What position place are you looking at in this spot? So, so uh, with Flock Nation, you brought it up. Uh, he asked a really good question. Is Justin Ross still available? Flip it back. Clemson? Let's see. Let's take a look. Let's look, Ross. I'll be, I'll yep, be Justin Ross he is. is raw. He yep. is available. Out of Clemson. Yeah. So click on his profile. So, I need to read about this guy. Go ahead, Garnett. So, 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 just to give you a quick insight. So the time that uh, Clemson beat Alabama in um, the uh, the bowl game in the, in the in the national championship game, he literally took over that game. He made Alabama his bitch. Like from the beginning <laughs> to end, like is I'm I'm serious. Like it's one of the things where if you always you, we always we always sit here and wonder, like you know, hey, if Cincinnati can keep up with Alabama, like if they can do it, they're legit, right? So when it came to like their you know Cincinnati's corners, they did their part, I guess in a way. But it's one of the things. Like, okay, we know the corners are good. Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant is good. But when it came to Justin Ross, like in the game, six three. Probably gonna run like he would have ran like a maybe a four set four five seven four five five somewhere around there, but his game is above the rim as a and that's why we don't have Red a, as an X receiver. Exactly, you know with Bate, Bateman, he you know we don't know what what you know all he can do everything, but we don't know if he can specialize in a you know in the red zone target ability. Maybe we don't know. Yes, no, but with with uh, Ross. I know for a fact he's that type of guy because that's what he was doing in, in Clemson. Flock Nation and Yuri are uh, both behind you on this. So pick. I like that he's the number one uh, player out of Alabama in high school and didn't play for Alabama. I think that's a baller move. All right. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of people on board. Right, Flock the, Nation says, take it, yo. Look, 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 oh, look, damn. Like, Ross is definitely the pick. I mean, that it makes a lot of sense. This hits what you were saying earlier about them yeah. needing that extra playmaker. And it fits a need. It's again, it's a red zone target outside of Andrews. That's Drew, literally the only red zone target like we have Drew? right now. What does the quarterback list look like? That's what I want to know. Yeah, go with Justin Ross. <laughs> go with Justin Ross. All right, so Justin Ross is the pick here. Hey, hey, Drew trying to get that uh, J- uh, Ryan Mink treatment over here, ain't he? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 
two picks later, we're back on the clock again at 140. God, man, this is insane. There's this no is why way we're having like this many four no, rounds. Yo, they're they're going to really bundle awesome. something yo, together. We'll yeah. get to that later. If, yeah, yeah. if EDC, if, bro, it's like on a real note, if EDC doesn't package up some of these picks and get back in the first or second round, I'm going to be very, very mad. I, I, yeah. I'm, t- I'm just going to be straight is up. Is this balls. our ninth pick? We, is this it? No, I think we have two more, right? Go no, to, this go is to, the last one. This one, is the last two, one. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep. Eight. Nine. So this is our last yep. pick. All right. So punter. <laughs> punter. In the fourth there round. There was a punter and a half in the, in the combine. I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, it was is Cincinnati. Georgia. Georgia. Punter oh, Georgia. 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 That's right. Is he still there? Georgia. Yeah. We're not going punter fourth in the fourth round. round. I'm sorry. Right, I will veto that. that. Punter's not even an option to select. Well, that's any crap. <laughs> Uh, all right, so running oh, back man. is the only position that we haven't tackled yet that they – or running back and linebacker are the only positions that they tackled that they say is a team need. I still think – I know we got one. I still think edge rusher is still the big need here because you have multiple holes. you got multiple question marks. you got Bowser coming back from an injury, always going into his second year. Outside of that, that's it. And now you've got this other kid that you just added. So I still think you need another depth piece at edge rusher. So pull in my up opinion. edge and see who's still left. All right. While we're pulling up edge, uh, <laughs> just another thing to think about. What about another interior offensive lineman in case you, you have you need to have some depth on that offensive didn't line? Did we draft the guard or did we skip out on no, that? No, we, we talked about it, but then talked we about it and didn't do got it. convinced in a Maryland guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a great decision. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as edge rushers yep. available, you got Alex Wright from UAB. As the top guy still left, uh, along with Cade Hall, Jeffrey Gunter, uh, My- uh, Myron Tegavaloa. Yeah, that is uh, his cousin, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Legit, that is his cousin. <laughs> Keep it rolling, boys. <laughs> uh, no, so it looks like here <laughs> we probably wait on edge rusher because there's really no names off of that list that, that jump off the board. Go interior offensive line, and let's take a look there, uh, see what's on the board. Justin Schaefer out of Georgia Georgia. is still on the board. Mm. I would say, hey, man, that's that's not a bad guy at all. Six, three and a half, 324 or 326. Uh, Let's see. It's average. He's a power blocker when defenders are directly in front of him. I just know that that Georgia offensive line has been. He doesn't engage well due to his lack of good athleticism. Well, that's, uh, great. He, that's a question oh, mark. Here's one. Here's a note that might change your mind and take you away off of him. In the passing game, he struggles with shaded defenders who have good initial quickness off the snap. Okay. Yeah. Nope. I haven't really sold He's myself out of here. on that one. <laughs> uh, any yeah. names on that list that, that you know anything about? You got, is it Donovan, Donovan West? Donovan West, Cam Jurgens, Thayer Munford. Any of those names? Hey, hey, I'll, I'll let you know, boys. I know all so, about that jerkin. I'm just playing. So, <laughs> uh, so Munford, Munford is another Big Ten guy, 6'6", 320 pounds at Ohio State. You know, a four-star because that's their floor at Ohio State. Um, looks like he plays plays well in the interior. Mostly zone uh, rushing is his strength. 
that plays into the into the Ravens scheme of things, zone blocking. Yeah. So I mean, it's an option. It's it's, it's a developmental guard. It's not somebody you're going to stick in and play. Yeah. But so, at this point in the draft, you're not expecting. Well, you, you, hold you on, want, on. A, you want depth. So the other the other thing that we have question marks at is middle linebacker, right? I know Josh Bine stepped in and right. filled a necessary need when LJ Fort went down. There's still some talks whether the Ravens were going to bring back LJ Fort. I think they'd be idiotic not to bring him back just because he he Make was. Sure he, he, if he comes back off the injury, he's playing. And he, Picks up where he left off. Right. But I don't think either one of those guys are long-term. Malik Harrison nah. hasn't been the linebacker that we expected him to be. Uh, and obviously, he's dealing with a bullet wound, uh, whatever <laughs> happened there. Uh, but so linebacker is still a need. Go to linebacker, fill that out. Okay, you got it. Yeah, I got it. Uh, any of these names you're seeing on this list jump off the board to you? Terrell Bernard, Jack Sanborn, DeMarco Jackson, David Ania. Terrell Bernard reads like a Ray Lewis comp. Looks like he's falling because of his size, but he plays better because of his speed and reaction to the ball. Um, all Big 12 selection. Uh, it just kind of looks like he's only falling because of his lack of size. Garnett. Did they say a will will line? Did it say a will linebacker role? It I, says I, run and run and chase will linebacker. It does say he struggles to detach from blockers once the O line is latched onto him. Mm. When kept clean, he scrapes and makes plays on the ball. They need more of the mic, in my <sighs> opinion. I yeah, think I do. think Patrick's going to be pigeonholed the will because he, he played so year, much better. Look at how, how how much he elevated when you moved him over to will. Right. What do you think, Damn, Garnett? Man, it's, it's a it's, it's a little rough with the so that's the thing about with the linebacker like well this class of uh, linebackers is one of the things where if we needed one or we, we should have reached I guess to not nail my picket even though we need that's what this is why I hate about this is why I love and hate about the draft because like it's one of the things where you're gonna fall short somewhere and we fell short with the linebackers so, so is Jack Sanborn uh, still there out so of Wisconsin? That's what I was looking up. Jack Sanborn, yeah. he they, they say he's an early down Mike linebacker, is what they've got him listed as. Okay. Um, Yuri also lists DeMarco Jackson as interesting. Click on his profile, let's see out what of he Appalachian reads. State. He is he's six foot two thirty-five. Uh he's a downhill run stopping inside linebacker. Uh let's see small school they like to blitz him at appalachian state he can be an effective blitzer uh occasionally line him up on the edge of the of the line to provide a pass rush high uh, effort see, player. I, I, I don't they need that sideline to sideline that gap reading linebacker that can make the tackles on the running back like you were saying almost like a ray lewis type i know they're not going to find a ray lewis but that type of linebacker and that, to your point on this guy this is one that when he's playing he's an effective linebacker when he's playing inside the tackle box but his limitations athletically start to show themselves outside of the box Okay, so just based off of what you read me, I think Jack Sanborn right. out of Wisconsin makes more sense I, to me. I like Jack. I'm a little more and more. You're right. What okay. do you think, Garnett? Yeah. Hey, man, so you're probably going to play a little special teams duty, a la, you know, our guy, Johnny, Johnny Boy, Harbaugh. Uh, so I'm fine with it. You know, I'm so I like, you know, I, he's I one of those high motor guys. Play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, he's going to be the. He's gonna be that guy, but at the same time, though, I, this is where I think that we'll a developmental special teams guy that's gonna be that guy down for the you know for the future. We're probably gonna get a you know that Mike or Malik, hopefully Malik Harrison. He does come back to a stepping up into the next you know next role for him. But uh, I, I we'll, we'll take a swing with him. He seems like All one right. of those back end type of guys we get. 
Jack Sanborn's the pick then. All right, we're going our Jack last Sanborn. pick in the fourth yep. round. We got a sleeper alert about our uh, arch nemesis, the Titans, just signed a huge contract for outside linebacker Harold Landry. Five years, eighty-seven and a half million with fifty-two and a half guaranteed. Wow. That's a big contract for an outside linebacker. That's yeah, yeah that's pretty big. <laughs> Dude's getting paid. All right, man. Let's let's recap our picks here. Uh, go ahead, Ryan or uh, Scott. Read it. All right. Away. So we took at fourteen. We took the outs or the inside interior offensive lineman Tyler Lindebaum, uh, playing at center there. We've got at forty-five Falele, the one guy that you guys were high on out of Minnesota. Uh, we've got Mathis out of. Alabama, the interior defensive lineman at 76. At 99, Nick Cross, the one and only. He is. We he, might talk about him in a little bit. We might. Peter Turp, Peter Raven. Uh, <laughs> 108, uh, we took Majai Sanders, the edge rusher out of Cincinnati. Uh, this is one that, that Garnett, you were, you were liking that pick at that point. Uh, we were able to then turn around and get Nehemiah Pritchett, the, the cornerback out of Auburn at 117. At 126, he was still there. Chigakonkwo, they sold him on you. They sold sold him to you, uh, Garnett. He uh, he's a guy that I think is. I think he could go sooner than that, just to put it out there. Uh, but 138, we took Justin Ross, wide receiver out of Clemson, and at 140, Jack Sanborn, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. If I had to guess, I actually think Chig goes later than that, but Cross goes earlier than that. Very, very I possible. That, I think there's going to be a lot of people scared of Chig's heart issues from like two years ago um, that could really scare off a lot of teams. <clears throat> and again, people that are looking at him as a true tight end are going to be scared with his blocking abilities and just a smaller frame. All but, right. Let's quickly, let's go around the room. We're going to start with you, Garnett, as you're the, the guest. Based off yes, of this sir. draft, if things fall this way and this is what the Ravens pick – what are you giving this draft grade uh, overall? I'll probably give it a, a solid uh, – I give right out the gate, I give it a B-plus because of the fact that you, you got guys that can contribute right away. It, it might not be the sexiest draft. Oh, you got, you know, the, the hugest names or whatever. It's not about that for the Ravens organization at this time, in my opinion. It's about getting guys that can fit and plug in and be – the guy right away. Uh, perfect example. Like when Kansas City got uh, Creed Humphrey in the second round, I was super pissed because I knew what they was getting. It was By the way, we were, we were trying to pull that other set. name. We we're trying to pull that other name earlier. It was Dickerson. Landon Dickerson. Yeah, that yeah, was Dickerson. the other Landon side. Dickerson. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. And it's it's one of those things where you get a guy like that that can literally. He, when we when when people talk about Linda, Tyler Lindebaum, they say future perennial All Pro Bowl or all pro type of guy, guy, right? So, you know, he might not be the the flashy guy that everybody wants, but you're good there. For Lele, you basically got a, a more athletic, you know, OBJ 2.0 type of guy. And then when you go on down the road, like here's this is where it's still. Just you got Justin Ross at what pick? What number we got Justin Ross, brother? Uh like, down, like in the in the 130s, I feel just like in the, 138. Yeah, in, in the back <laughs> And one thirty eight, we're we're talking about a receiver that should have probably round. went if Yeah, we're talking about a receiver that would have been in the top fifteen if he never got hurt. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where it's a draft that literally could pay that pay out early and then also pay out down the road. 
And that right. I, I can't argue with this draft. This is a, this was one of those drafts where it might not be sexy, but you got dogs. This draft, in my opinion, went exactly as the way the draft was that I sent you earlier, Garnett. The example where I said you and I were going to be on the same page with a lot of this. It filled immediate needs. Uh, it, it gives you, to your point, I'm going to basically repeat everything that you just said because you stole all my thunder, uh, and, <laughs> and give guys that are legit – big needs that can be plugged and played right away. Um, and I, I give him a B plus two. That's right where I'm at. The only reason I don't give this as an A is because edge rush is such a big need and I didn't get the sexy name at edge rusher. We did fill it, but we didn't get the sexy name at edge rusher. But that's okay. You, you can't be a perfect 100 on a draft. No team ever is a perfect 100, except for like Ozzie Newsom, his first year that he took over when he hit with fucking Ogden, Ogden and, and Ray, Ray Lewis, yeah. right? That's very rare that that kind of shit happens. But if this is the draft, to your point, top to bottom through round four, I'm extremely happy. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we did the draft, so of course we're happy with our draft. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes but you're like, you got two That's all he needs. <laughs> but sometimes there's pieces that you're like, damn, we waited too long, or this guy's off the board and we don't really know where to go here. I feel like we were all pretty comfortable going with each pick. I've only ran with once this way, not doing trades, and this is a much better draft than I got with not doing trades. Uh, I'm usually <laughs> playing this game like it's a video game, and I know it's not realistic when I do it that way. So that's why I kind of... I got a few more sexy picks because I got a few more second rounders. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely, you have guys that can start. I mean, I think that if Nick Cross is here, he may not be your starter, but he's playing 30, 40% of the snaps by the end of the year. Like, I don't, I don't think that he's some guy that's just sitting in wait. There's going to be a useful role for him. Chig's going to be a day one special teamer and then possibly get into that tight end three fullback role, whatever we decide. So you're getting guys late that are actually going to produce. You're not just sitting and waiting and hoping they develop, which is when you, when you do pick the, the line. I mean, Think about last year. We got the guard out of Georgia, fucking Mount, whatever the hell his name was. Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. The Cleveland. Like, we all were super excited that this beast of a human being, like zero percent body fat, eight foot tall, three feet wide, was gonna like was just gonna come into the NFL and just dominate people. Well, the reason he got drafted late was he wasn't ready for that, even though he looks like he should have been ready. Right. So like when you're drafting the lineman back that far, it, they aren't gonna produce. There are possibilities with this late wide receiver that he could produce, even though we have so many people in front of him. There are possibilities that Chig could actually get on the on the field. You're not going to get that when you're just drafting developmental linemen at the, at the end of the draft. So give me a grade. An A plus. We got two terms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. How did you not? I was waiting was for it. Oh, I was waiting for it. Trust me, Scott. All right, we where still do you... have late picks to get Chance Campbell and Bernhard. <laughs> where do you see this draft falling, Scott? How did you like it? Uh, I. I... A B B plus. I, okay. I think we we hit a lot of the points. I think we could have, you know, there were some guys maybe a little bit more value guys that we could have gone after. I, again, I, I I get what we were doing with trying to grab some of these guys uh, to help the offensive line with the first two picks, but at the same time, I think you could have. I think you could have held off. I think you could have gotten more value a little bit later. We've some of these offensive linemen in the first round don't usually work out. It's it's kind of it's they are one of the biggest hit and misses because they they just it's the consistency, the play does the play translate? Try blocking Aaron Donald after you've been blocking in the NCAA for a little while. To that point, which is why we stayed away from Penning, because he just wasn't tested enough against top-level talent. We went with right, more of the enough. sure things. Yeah, no, yeah. And, I, and I get that. I, I guess what I what I look at is there, there's, there were opportunities. I can't 
I can't hate on it, right. right? I think we we hit the guys that were there. We hit needs. We also drafted similar to the Ravens in the sense without you know taking trades out of the out of the equation like we did. Right. We drafted similar to, in certain situations. It was best player available, um, and we were looking at that the guy that was on our board. So it, it's B B plus for me somewhere right in there. Casting couch. We'll start with you, James. Are you awake over there? What did you get? Hey. <laughs> what did you get in this draft? My guys. <laughs> We, we didn't get my quarterback that we wanted. <laughs> but anyways, as a... That's my strong hand. As, as a homer... That useless kicker. As a homer or whatever you would say. Do you wops. This was like an A, a minus dra- uh, draft pick, but realistic. Uh, half the stuff of these turfs are not going to be on our board. I was looking more of the safety from Notre Dame uh, as our first, first pick, but uh, we went a different route. I know how... The way that um, Scott over there was talking about, you can tell he was missing that inner defensive line mentality because if we let go, baby, we need someone to clock that hole and all that. <laughs> it was coming out of him. You lost you you half your defensive he was line. it forward, you could tell. I would really like Davis at 14. <laughs> at this, at the, doing what we did, I give a B, B minus. So it – it's going to work out. All right. Drew's over there, like, being real suspicious. Don't be suspicious. A Don't plus, man. Suspicious. It's two terms. He already said it. It's A plus. <laughs> the two terms, and you solidified your offensive line. It's an A plus. Uh, it's solid for me. Like, it, yeah, it is that B plus range. Uh, I, I, I I, did. I've been saying, like, I think their main focus right out the gate has to be in the trenches one way or the other, either side of the ball. And. I, the more we talk about it, it's not that it's something that we haven't really ever mentioned, but you keep saying it like protect the quarterback. That's all that really matters. It really is all that matters. You look right. at it when you do when you're on your backup option at quarterback, you see what happens. Right. So I'm happy that, you know, sit there and all, like you said, almost feels like we completely solidify the offensive line right there with the first two picks. And then, you know, give me a grade. Cross. Give me a grade. B plus. B plus is yeah. your grade. Okay. So it sounds like generally speaking, we're all pretty happy with this. I want to make this clear. There are no Maryland Terrapins on the Ravens right now, and the Ravens have never won a Super Bowl without a Maryland Terrapin on that roster. Amen to that. We need these boys. We need them now. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Way to pull that one out of your ass. All right. So here's here's the thing. We, go ahead, Garnett. Go ahead. Now I say, hey, we never won the Super Bowl without a, a Miami Hurricane. I, that's all I got to say. I don't. Oh, that's man. true too. Probably true, but true I'm 100 sure that Jermaine Lewis was on the first one. He was. was on the second one. He was. <laughs> he was. So here's the thing. Like I, I, I think we're all happy with this draft, and I think I, we'd all be very happy if this happened. But we all also know this is not going to happen, right? Because the, we went completely a, against what the Ravens do all the time, which is best player available. Yeah, we, we went, went with straight need and no straight trades. need and. Plugging holes. They definitely don't do that. They always value like the best player available type approach. Hopefully, again, this is Eric DaCosta's most important draft. I've said it multiple times now. He has got to hit a home run with this. And in my opinion, if this is the draft, he hits a home run. That is just my opinion on it. Uh, but Garnett. Can't thank you enough, man, for taking the time uh, to tune in with us this week and uh, give us your thoughts and opinions on everybody. Let let the the fans know where everybody can follow you on social media and what you're working on with your podcast. Hey, so first of all, man, I just want to say, man, you don't under you just don't understand how big it is for me to be on this show, man. I'm huge ass fucking fan. I've been <laughs> on this show for a long time, ever since. 
Ever since I've been in Japan, man, like when I was like back in like 2000, what was it, like 17 or 18? Or it yeah. was so, one of those years, man. I've been following you guys, man. Great work all the time. Anytime you guys are on, it's always a good time. James, you are always out of the box and I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, man, I love it, man. But yeah, man, but yo, you guys, anybody can follow me at uh, basically at Il, Nil, NEA. N E A L W four seven eight. Yeah, that's where I'm trying to run on for now. The other one is still active, but I, I don't see a lot of uh, crazy stuff on on the new one I got. So it's, I love this one a lot better. Good. And um, yeah, man, hit me up if you got any football questions or whatever, man. Just hit me up. You know, we can just talk about life. I don't care, man. But man, hey, but what y'all need to do? Like and subscribe to this channel. You know, Berlin BS. They're going places. I love them, man. It's like brothers. Appreciate you, man. You've Appreciate been, like it, you said, you've been around for a long time. You're a true OG to Birdland BS. We have nothing but love and respect for you, Garnett. And appreciate and thank you for everything, again, that you do for our country and protecting us. So and no matter how much you. money Miami throws that program, the 90s are never coming back. So come on over to the Terps. We got you, bro. You guys got, I know you got blank checks down there and shit. Hey, you like to steal our bar coaches hey, late in the, in the system. In three years, Three years, if if we don't turn around in three years with everything that we're doing right now with Mario Cristobal, I might consider a crap. Dude, team. don't I worry might. about it. The, the twenty nineties are coming. You got your time's coming back. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just I'll, we'll end it. We'll end it with this. But if this is true, we'll have to look it up. And I'm sure Garnett's going to get off and immediately look at this. Andrew Sakara is reporting in our chat room that supposedly Seahawks have just released Bobby Wagner. Uh, well, that is a no cap casualty cut. If that's so, the case, now no one's wow. left from that Super Bowl. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Left the Super Bowl. It, that's it, a complete rebuild going yeah, on in Seattle. A, a he was, of course, it was a burn down. He got rid of Wilson. He came yeah. out with a tweet today. Uh, I guess where it was a couple, however long ago it was, Richard Sherman had said like, Russ pretty much said that you know, not, absolutely not being in Seattle, it's like you know, Russ needed all of us. That's how you know Russ needed us. Russ needed us. Blah blah. blah. Now, you know, it's just down to Bobby Wagner on that defense and that Legion of Boom. And after the trade, he goes, I guess Sherman was right. Well, Seattle said, fuck you then, I guess. Cause yeah. yeah. But now oh, you well. can see Adams asked for a trade now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Went so, from the Jets to another so rebuilding team. Go ahead, Garnett. <laughs> so, so here's my question with us. So we're, we're financially broke right now, right? So we need to make a lot of cuts to open up some money, right? Some money moves. Like, how much a Bobby Wagner is going to cost, though? That's the thing. I know a lot of people have been clamoring over that name, but at the end of the day, will we have the financial resources no. to acquire somebody no. like that? No, like, you don't, you don't even need to finish it. your no. question there, Garnett. The answer is absolutely draft no. draft picks count. Would yeah. he be a sexy okay, pickup? A hundred percent. And I think everybody would be on board with it, but the Ravens just don't have the cap money to be able to make a move like that. I'll take work. Adams over cross, but exactly. I know we can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate the breaking news, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate the breaking news again. Yeah, Garnett appreciate you tuning in with us. Uh, stay tuned, man. We'll, uh, we're going to wrap up here with some, with some Terps and some rundown news. Uh, Little did I know we we're going to get to talk that much Terps during the show. <laughs> That's right. Hey, it is. Uh, it's yeah, it's real. All right. <laughs> All right, man. We'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Appreciate it, man. See you, man.
All right, before we we wrap up with the Ravens, a couple of things. I know a lot of this stuff we've already hit on. A couple of things I just want to do real quick. Orlando Brown, the guy that uh, we traded away a couple years ago, was franchise tagged by the Chiefs today. It's going to end up costing them around $16.5 million. Uh, in my so opinion, a lot of money for a right tackle. Uh, well, that's <laughs> average five, but he's a left tackle now, not a right tackle. Right. Uh, almost as sure as Tyron Matthew. I know a lot of guys have been looking for him, right. That he's going to end up hitting free agency due to their yeah. cap situation. Uh, opinion real quick. Who won this trade in the long run? The Ravens getting away and losing their pro bowl right tackle or the Chiefs who get Orlando for one cheap year and now paying top five average left tackle money for one more. No contract in place yet, just one extra year. Who do you guys think won that trade? Or do you think it's pretty fair? I, I think we won that trade hands down when you're looking at that. I don't think that they got what they thought they were getting out of him this year. He wasn't the dominant left tackle that he showed for just a couple weeks for us that got him you know, thinking that he was never going to go back to the right side. Right. He played okay. It wasn't, you know, it's not he, like he was bad. Um, but obviously their years are measured in Super Bowls and they didn't even get there. Right. So it's I think in in their mind, it didn't work out how they thought it did. I think they saw they, that they were just going to automatically fix the offensive line and we'll be right back where we're always at. And so it didn't happen. I agree with everything that you said. And the other reason I believe that the Ravens won this trade hands down, no questions asked is because Orlando Brown was leaving. Yeah, he had said he wanted to be a left tackle. We had no other options. So the fact that we got Oway, a first round pick, potential future superstar yeah. at edge rusher, yes, the Ravens won this deal. Because it, for them to franchise tag him as a left tackle is one thing. If we were to franchise tag him and say you're playing right tackle, he could have then been all pissed off and right. you know sat out or held out or just you know showed up and played bad. <laughs> just right. on purpose. Casting cash, what's your so opinion? I go with that. I don't even think it would have happened this coming year. I thought he I always all along always thought he would have held out or done something, you know, that sitting out type stuff into the end of the season and you would have been screwed anyway. Yeah. And two, okay, so you don't make this trade and yeah, he comes and he's a stalwart at left tackle. Say he does really good like he did the year taking over for Stanley. Mm-hmm. You're not franchise tagging him this year. You don't have the money for it. Right. And so, we weren't a tackle away last year. We needed a lot I mean? more than that. So <laughs> on that end, okay, maybe I could say a little bit of a push, but that's why I go we would win with the O-way thing if, if he keeps showing what he was doing and improving and improving and improving because, like I said, he was you weren't going to be able to franchise that's tag exactly him right. and pay him no matter what. I'm sorry. Like, it sucks. We don't know what's going on with Stanley, but it isn't like you're just going to automatically like, Stanley gets zero money. You cut Stanley and every money that all the money that Stanley got goes to him and he you know goes right. it wouldn't work happen. That way. So correct right. me if I'm wrong, but I vividly remember the end of the Chiefs game being OA beating Orlando Brown yes. Jr. to the backfield, <laughs> yes. stripping a ball from the running and, back and of actually winning. And listen, there, there's a lot of people <laughs> chiming in the chat room, David and Yuri, they both both agree that it was about 50-50. And if you're just looking at it for person to person, yes, it's about 50-50. But given the Ravens' position... The financial issues. Given the financial situation, given the fact that the player had so much control over him saying... I want to be a left tackle. You've already paid your left tackle of the future. My future in Baltimore is done. The Ravens got the most out of that that they could, and they got a potential superstar at an edge rusher. Go ahead, Scott. So I, I think you hit on where I was, where I'm thinking on this. Right at first, when I, you know, when you first kind of look at it face value, fifty fifty, but when you dig deeper, you gave up your your past for your future. Right, right. This is a guy that came in and had an immediate an immediate day one impact on this team and what they were able to do defensively offensively 
I don't know where the Chiefs are with Orlando if they don't have Orlando Brown. Right. He didn't stand out that much that it, you go, oh, he's not there. It's Obviously, he didn't game. stand he, out yeah, enough Creed to them because they didn't sign him out. to a contract. Right. They franchised exactly, him. Exactly. Yeah. And to Ryan's, to Ryan's point, you have Owe going. In, he's, it, Pro Bowl is, is a joke. Let's let's be real. If you're ta- I, well, yeah, I, you can get paid. That's fine. Check. Yeah, my job's but, a joke, too, but they still pay me. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about he gets a nice check from just being selected. Yeah. yeah. No, but overall, I think it, to, to me, I think the Ravens, if I'm going to put if you're going to put a percentage on it, maybe 60, 40, you know, 70, 30 in our favor, because I think there's there's more upside right now to away and what he's brought to the table versus what Orlando Brown has done for them. 100 percent agree. So staying with franchise tag, right? There was a few of them that got pegged today, but the one that stood out to me the most, oh, what we're talking the about Browns for around here. The Browns franchise tag tight end David Njoku. Now, this one completely did not make sense to me. They went out and signed. I love him, but franchise tag him. I love him, but to franchise tag him after you just went out and signed Austin Hooper a couple years ago to be your tight end number one. Njoku just last year was on the cusp of being cut. Yeah. Right? So the fact. They weren't getting along. The fact that they value him as their franchise player and to pay him top five money. To put this in perspective, his cap number is going to be higher than Mark Andrews this season. Ten point nine million dollars. Crazy. I was hoping he'd be our tight end three, not a top five money. Right. Hey, the Browns. But yeah, you but know what? You know what? Let him go ahead and spend that money. No, no I get let it. him go ahead and spend that money. But, but this is Andrew Barry. This is Harford County's <laughs> finest. Yeah, what, what are, are we doing, doing? What are we doing? Don't they get uh, opportunity to uh, sign? You can get a contract done. You, well, I would say you could franchise tag him. Yeah. The so, they, so, so they are working on a contract. Apparently, they have an offer on the table that'll pay him thirteen mil per season, which is mind-blowing to me. Uh, <laughs> especially, and they want to keep Austin Hooper, who's already making $9.5 yeah, million. Dollars. The, that was the key. It was yeah. like they thought when you when people heard that that was a possibility. That they were going to cut him or, or right, Well, you're cutting Hooper. That's fine. You got Harrison Bryant. That, no, nope. 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 So th- I think they're going to just line no up five receivers. tight ends. I know, the, I know that Barry boy. I mean, he's an identical twin, <laughs> and uh, he goes to Harvard. So he, maybe it's two Harvard brains. Hey, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm not able did, to figure it out. Did the but. Ravens get an insider inside the Browns can just tell us like telepathically what the Browns are doing. Yeah, right. All right, Ryan. All right, Scott, it's time for this week's liquor snob brew of the week. Scott, what did uh, Jerry and the crew hook us up with so this week? We got to thank James two weeks in a row for going up and getting the brew of the week for us. Uh, he's like Grubhub week, at this point. This week he is. He's been awesome. This week he didn't. He didn't bring pizza though. That's the only thing. Uh. Uh, this week is from Ducal Brewing, Co- Brewing Company. This is actually not an IPA, gentlemen. Hey-o. Win-win. It is Misfit Red. Is their, their American Red Ale? I already finished my first one. Uh, so and have I. This is delicious. Five percent ABV. Uh, it's brewed right locally here in Baltimore. You don't show uh, the can as well as I do. You better reach towards that camera, bro. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yes, they're Misfit. Red, it's uh, like you said, an American red ale, five point or five percent alcohol he's complaining volume. He's already finished his. Why are, you're not drinking it? Give it he to doesn't him. drink. <laughs> nah, this this <laughs> one's this one's good. I, you know, I don't drink a ton of red ale, uh, but this one it doesn't taste super dry. It's usually why I don't like red ales. They're usually really dry. If anybody's ever had Red Brick Stations red ale, yes, very yeah. very yeah. similar yeah. to very, very that. Similar, so yeah. if you've been I've to Red Brick, it's a good comparison. It's not in a pint bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you get up to Liquor Stop. Tell the guys that Birdland BS sent you. Get your 10% off. 
And Scott, I know we got a lot of people been chiming in the chat yes. room, especially during the draft room. Give them a social media shout out. Who's been chiming in? We've got David, Nick, always going off about the AB from of course. One. But David was the first one again, by the way. Hey, uh, Chuck Summer, Sherry Reedy, Craig Zero, Mr. Freestyle, Mr. Yuri, Andrew, Lunch Break Hot Take, Engraven, Justin Winnick, uh, Antoinette Oliver. First time I've seen that name. Welcome to the chat. Welcome, Welcome. to the show. Welcome uh, all. 410 underscore Chris, Mr. Impeccable Chamberlain, Marcus Wells, Flock Nation, Jacob Snyder, and I believe there was one or two other ones that I was kind of missing as we were going through that draft. There's a couple new names in there. Congratulations, yeah. everyone. Appreciate all the tunes. Drafts have, have reached out. Flock Nation, <laughs> Joe Carlozo, uh, finally chiming in. I guess uh, he he had a long day at work, so he's Tax finally season. getting in. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of good, a lot of good comments out there. We've been I was addressing and bringing a lot up yeah. as we go. A lot of people were chiming in, uh, especially on the the section where we were talking about the Terps. They were really they were behind him, yeah. right? And I know a few of these guys are not big Terp fans. Uh, I've done we'll see space. You spring game, everybody. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I've done uh, spaces with a few of these guys uh, on Twitter. Uh, Yuri being one of them. You know, a lot of these guys come from different backgrounds, not necessarily big Terp guys, and you know. Recognizing that the homers aren't actually being homers, not everybody <laughs> right. can be perfect, right? <laughs> so, but a lot of good chats out there. So we appreciate was, you guys going. What was the overall vibe about the draft? Did everybody seem to fall in line with what our picks were? Did everybody seem to like what we were doing? Was there so anybody we, against it? We had a few people that were, were throwing out the names, and those were the names I was throwing out as we were going. But they didn't hate. No, I think there was one pick that that I believe Yuri was like, "Damn," because he was hoping that that guy was gonna gonna go. Uh, but I want to say that was like in the last one or two picks. Uh, he wanted Demarco. Jackson when we oh, went right, with right. Uh, the other guy, out, the other Jackson. All so, this Terp love out here at Googs isn't in the chat room. I haven't seen him today. Come yeah. on, Googs. Come on, Googs. Yeah, step up the game, man. <laughs> uh, so, no, but great, great interaction today. We appreciate all of you guys. Some new names. So keep, keep coming. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. All right, Ryan. Hey, a topic that we haven't talked about tonight, the Terps. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for some shell and sell. Yeah, let me tell do, you guys. Do you what? guys even have a segment? I, yes. At this point, I think our notes are done. That's a wrap, folks. <laughs> yeah, you might have to hear some of this twice because I thought I was clipping this out and putting it out as a shell and tell, so maybe we'll talk a little <laughs> go bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bro, speed, speed, speed. We talked yeah. about it already. You know, the Terps went out to the combine and they showed out. Dude. Top speed for a safety, top speed for a tight end, and really didn't stop there. Chig was very good in a lot of the drills, especially receiving, no drop balls, uh, blocking. He had a little bit of issues with the sled, but he's a lot smaller than some of these other tight ends yeah. out here. You kind of expected it. Nick Cross, no issues at all. I thought he had one of the cleanest combines he did. in recent memory. Yeah, I, Nick Cross was a combine warrior. I, like you said, we all thought that he would go there and be a burner, be having the pack, the, the background of track and everything. Yeah. Uh, four three four is exceptional. Yeah. I didn't expect him to be that fast. I would have expected him to be somewhere around that four four mark. Yeah. But four three four is just blazing fast. Uh, and we we talked about it. It ends. Nick Cross is just the complete safety in my opinion. There's so much value. I just hope that. <laughs> The other teams don't see that value, and we can sneak in with the Ravens and get him in that third round like we did in our mock draft uh, just because of personal reasons. But Nick has earned uh, the respect that he's getting now with, with national news coverage and, and the rankings and him climbing up draft boards, which he's going to be doing. I think he'll be there in the third. Uh, now, if you want to get a little gamey and try to get him in the fourth, that's where you're in, probably going to end up missing out. Right. Because um, we have all these fourth-round picks. Maybe they think, oh, we can, we can get him a little bit later. I think that he's going to be a mid to late third round pick. Um, safeties just aren't that flashy. Like right. you just don't see them 
how many safeties are after in the first round? Like one every other year? Right. Like it's not it's not something that happens. Well, and you bring up Chigakonkwo as well. He was another guy that I had pegged in probably about that fifth round and doing some mocks before the combine. That's about where he was going fifth, sixth round as a tight end. Uh, because I think the the only the only issues that you had with Chig is he's a little undersized for a tight end at 6'2". Uh, he doesn't have a ton of tape because, again, he didn't get utilized the way we thought Chig could be utilized until later in his career. Um, but we know what we've seen in the flashes from Chig, right? He's got sure hands. He's athletic as all get out. But the thing that stood out to me was that he led this tight end group at the combine in the 40, running a 4.52. I knew he was quick. I didn't think he would be leading the pack as far as overall 40. No, that one's absolutely shocking. Like yeah. Nick Cross being the fastest safety, I wasn't sure of it, but I top knew five. Was a chance. I think he'd be top five. <laughs> With the tight end, I did not see it all. James, you want to chime in here? Yeah. I, ju I just want to chime in. Um, we talked about last week. I really don't watch the combine, but after they said what Nick Cross did at the combine, I had to go back and watch it, and it's pretty impressive. And I wouldn't be surprised – if he goes in the in the third round or or uh, back end of the second, Woo. but second makes me sad. Means we're not hold on. Them. But <laughs> I, I'm giving hope for you guys. I'm telling you now, if the Ravens select him, I will buy you both a Nick Cross jersey. Oh, nice! All me, locked in. all on, on me. I and love if the it. Ravens select him. Let's go, EDC. I, will I was going to say, Lacey DeCosta, yeah. please prepare for. Oh God, don't be that Twitter guy. I had to yell at somebody earlier today for that. I'm, Jesus I'm Christ! You, I'm saying him. I'm not buying. I'm not buying the iron on. I'm gonna buy you the least the one that looks stitched oh, on. All right. I, I love it. Crazy. I'm holding you go. to that. I've already got <laughs> this is live that, TV, oh, my friend. And then I'm gonna let you know if you do that, the two of us are gonna run a four. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Four, five, eight is where I'm going to be. No, no. It, it might be a combination of those numbers. It might just not be in that order. Four, maybe. Do we, do we need a... Uh... Do we need a, a, a water bucket halfway down the 40? No, you, or, you need a like, pacemaker halfway down. Put, like a bratwurst at the end of the 40. <laughs> <laughs> so we just need to tie a harness with a bratwurst yeah, at the end of the team. Is the 40-yard dash being done on Scott's deck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many of those? I can win that one. One stride. All right. So another Terp, another Terp connection that we got to talk about, right? Chance Campbell, no longer with the Terps. Obviously, he transferred out of the program, ended up going to Ole Miss, uh, which there, I mean, he still flourished, playing in the SEC, playing in a much tougher conference. Uh, weren't sure, like, what his role was going to be. But honestly, in my opinion, I don't think he missed a beat going down there, uh, and he stood out in this combine as well. Yeah, Chance, he ran a 4.57, which is about average for the linebacker group, but he was top five in his vertical the thing that always stood out with Chance was his IQ. He seemed yep. to be going to the ball before the ball was there all the time. He was he was a very predictive um, middle linebacker. He could shoot the gaps before the gaps even developed. I do think that he is another one. It's he's not Terp anymore, but he's another one that could be a late round developmental. He's not going to play for the Ravens this year, but he could be an absolute stud in the making if you get him in the right system. I don't even think he's developmental because to your point, his football IQ has always been high. I mean, that was one of the th first things when I watched him live that stood out. His instincts 
and everything. Just he was quick to the ball, quick to read, you know, the quarterback eyes, quick to read the running backs, quick to read the gaps. There was just so much that you liked about Chance. And he made guys around him better by putting them in the right positions, right? That's something that can't be taught. Like that's just something natural that you have. And he has that. And I think that he brings a lot of value and somebody's going to get a steal of him. And probably the sixth round, I yeah. think he's he's going he's six, maybe all the mock drafts we have, maybe even seventh round. So, I, you know, I don't know where he's going to go, and but I think whoever gets him is going to benefit because you know you think Ole Miss is a higher caliber program than Maryland, where we sit, sit yeah. today. But I know that if he played for Maryland this last year, that he would be getting more buzz than this. Like the projection of his career through Maryland, getting better from stop to stop, year to year, and like I think that he would be another one in like the fourth, early fifth round because the tape makes sense. There's more name recognition. You know, Chance Campbell at Ole Miss, there's not a lot of tape of Chance Campbell at Ole Miss. There's got to be, you know, yeah. all around. So I just don't think there's the buzz that's going to drive him up the you bring draft up, boards. You bring up a good point. Actually, I was talking to John Googs, fan of the show, uh, earlier today, and he said the exact same thing. He says he thinks that Chance hurt his draft stock by transferring, that if he would have stayed at Maryland in the same defensive system – and using his trajectory as to where he was with this defense, he probably would have been drafted. Yeah, because I mean, we, me and you were seeing his, the possibilities of like a few plays right. two years ago, and then the spring game, we're like, he is as good as we thought he was, and then he ended up leading the Big Ten in tackles that next year. Right. So, so with like you go from this guy that's like a spot linebacker to leading the Big Ten in tackles, and then you're like, I'm gonna go learn a whole new defense. Have my coaches know nothing about me except for DJ Durkin, which is why he went down there. Um, and then, and just not be utilized the way that this system was. Now I know we have people developing. We know we have Ruben shooting for that spot, but I truly believe that Ruben would just been playing an outside linebacker position. Chance would still been rocking that middle linebacker spot and he'd probably be a fourth or fifth rounder along with our other boys. By the way, I know it's a little late, uh, but our guest uh, is stating that the two of you, if that whole bet comes to fruition, it needs to be a beer shotgun time dash. Oh, oh. I definitely won that or, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, chug, no, no, chug a beer and then run. Yeah, yeah. So you just even the playing field, because I was going to crush Fred in the 40, but he's going to have a four-second head start with this shotgunning that will, I will be done for. <laughs> You've never seen me run. You have no idea. I might be a little out. You run a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. got to be all five. Short, short burst. I'll call be all five. Thursday. Let's go play. I'm good for a short burst. <laughs> not the back and forth basketball court. All right. So there's another Terp making buzz around the draft, but this is a Terp that never stepped on the football. Well, he actually did step on the football field, but not for football. Yeah, he stepped on it in spring. <laughs> yeah, right? Jared Barnhart, right? The former lacrosse superstar from Maryland that ended up transferring out of Maryland to go play football elsewhere at a much smaller school getting a lot of draft buzz absolutely this is i mean this is going to be another late one like campbell six seventh or an undrafted free agent i honestly think he will get drafted um again super athlete it's unbelievable athlete so this guy was the twerton aware award winner was the best lacrosse player in the country when he was here as a senior he played four years for the terps was dominant all four years absolute beast then he decides to use his fifth year eligibility due to covid at for football now he could have came over and he probably could have played a lot of positions for the terps he could have probably stayed at the same spot played a linebacker played a wide receiver played some kind of role but he 
knew he wasn't taken to his job. Right. So he decided to go back to what he did. He was a triple option quarterback in high school, wanted to play qu- quarterback. So he went to Division II Ferris State, leads them to a 14-0 and Division II national title with dominance. Absolute dominance. 1,273 rushing yards on 145 carries. That's almost nine yards a carry. That's insane. For That's a quarterback. Insane. Yeah, 23 touchdowns, like you said, 14-0. Get the national title. I mean, this this guy, I, I, he's just, again, he is the epitome of what you label an athlete, athlete right? High-motor athlete. Can do it all. Whatever you want to do. This guy will beat you in basketball, too. It doesn't <laughs> matter. So he, he, And it comes from his family, too. It does. So his, his dad was a, um, a longtime coach. Um, he was with uh, Penn State, State Penn up there in Pennsylvania, um, <laughs> and the Houston Oilers as a uh, what is was it, a special assistant to the yeah. head coach or something. Yeah. Um, he was in high school. He was an absolute dominant option. Again, he ran the triple option. Uh, he was the or- Orlando Sentinel Male Athlete of the Year. Um, so this is not a flash in the pan. He could have went and played college football. He just decided to give it up and play lacrosse for four years, and apparently didn't need to train for four years in order to dominate. The football landscape, right? So a lot of people compare. It's an intriguing this. name. A lot of people think that Patriots, you know, you know, uh-huh. like the, a you, Julian Edelman you, type piece. Well, I mean, you got uh, Chris Hogan was Laura never Hogan. played, yeah. never played the football. He was a Penn State lacrosse guy. That's right. Um, That's what I was thinking of. Uh, the, the Bill Belichick is a huge lacrosse fan. He is from the state of Maryland. I'm sure he knows well about this guy. Oh yeah. Um, so the, 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 a lot of people think this will be a Patriots late round pick, and he could movie. be the next guy. What's that? Or a Disney movie? <laughs> <laughs> or a Disney movie? That could be. Hey, Chris Hogan was a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's talk a little bit about some basketball. We'll start with the ladies, right? So wow. uh, Lady Terps secured a double bye in the Big Ten tournament, but ended up losing in the first round in a heartbreaker, man. They just couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, you know, the, it, it seemed like they were force feeding the ball to Diamond Miller and she just wasn't having a great night. Even Reese wasn't playing well. They were shooting below 40% the entire night. They were below 30%, I think, at halftime. Uh, it, it was disappointing to see them lose like that, you know, but it's again, it's a team that's still a great all-around team, going to be, you know, make a decent run or a good run, I think, in the NCAA yeah, tournament. Yeah, this is, it was like a carbon copy of the NCAA tournament last year, where, like, they were the highest-scoring team in the nation. They were blowing Shit people out, 109 points a game and all this crazy stuff, and then they could not score. And yep. when, when you're a team that's just built to outrun people and outscore people and you're Balls aren't dropping, just doesn't work for you. They ended up beating Indiana in the last game of the regular season in order to secure the double round bye, which put them right back against Indiana. Um, and Indiana reversed course on them and just dominated in that Big Ten. Uh, and so they, they're already knocked out. You know, all is not lost for them. They're still a great team. They're still locked into the NCAA tournament. There's no chance they're being left out. Probably be a three or four okay. seed. Um, and with the with the late the the ladies bracket, the first two rounds are played at the higher seeded um, Terps, so they'll have at least one, maybe two games if that's where they at where home. they end up at it. But playing at home before you they go into the tournament locations. Nice. Well, wish you well and wish you luck to the Lady Terps in their run for a national championship. We'll see. I mean, I know it cut short in the Big Ten tournament, but they got bigger goals. Yeah. Strange enough, the men's basketball kind of mirrors it. Uh, the women yeah. having the loss in the season finale and the or the win in the season finale and the loss in the Big Ten tournament, we end up getting dominated by Michigan State at the on our last regular season game. Um, ended up still securing a first round bye by a bunch of tiebreakers, basically over Penn State that ended up saving us, giving us a first round bye. 
Our matchup will be this Thursday against Michigan State again. Yeah. <laughs> this is very similar. Hopefully we can pull off what the ladies did and reverse the reverse the course here and uh, get a win against Michigan State. But really disappointing season. Even if we lose, you know, it is what it is. We're, you, we're get to some finality of this, get to see what we're actually waiting on, to see what our future holds with this coaching search. Yeah, I, listen, I don't have very high expectations for the team going into this tournament just because of the way that the, the season has unfolded, and it's no fault to the players at all. Uh, they've made a lot, a, a lot of strides late in the season. I think Danny Manning has had them very well prepared and, and put together uh, a solid run to close out the year. Fat seems to be playing more aggressive basketball. So, listen, if, if he can go out there and, and just – take over the team offensively like he has when he's been super aggressive. I think that benefits his team. And all they got to do is play hot for one game, beat Michigan State, and move on to the next yeah, round. We'll they, haven't, they haven't lived up to the Maryland standard. I mean, in order to keep the 28-year streak alive of a winning season, they have to make it to the Big Ten final. And honestly, to make the NCAA tournament, you have to win it. You're not getting in. Even if you made the final and lose, you're most likely not getting in because your season's been that bad. So you really are are impossibly an at-large bid. You can only win out. I mean, there's still hope till the last chip's down because that's how it works with an automatic bid. But it's really looking kind of bleak, and we got to move on to the future. Well, good news is when the season ends, the coaching news will surely follow pretty quickly, whether they're going to keep Danny Manning in the fold or if they're going to bring somebody in from the outside. Uh, we've all heard the rumblings about certain names. Willard Enfield. You know, yeah, we've also heard the rumbling about Patino. He, he squashed that himself uh, on his own social media, but we've also heard people say, don't believe everything you hear. So we'll see what happens at the end and of the Willard day. And Willard is a Patino tr- coaching tree guy, so you know, maybe it was just all kind of in a mix. Right. Well, we talked about lacrosse with Jared Byronhart, so we we got to talk about the team because they're still playing hot. Number one team in the country defeated yet another top ten opponent going to South Bend and defeating Notre Dame eleven to nine. Little low scoring for the Terps, but getting it done against the best of the yeah, best. Yeah, kind of showing that you can win it both ways. I mean, we've been we've dropped twenty multiple times this year, just burning people out of the out of the building. So to be able to win a game eleven to nine is huge. They're still five and zero. Oh. I uh, got one more game this Saturday against uh, the twelfth against Albany. Of course, no one on Maryland's schedule is worth overlooking because they play nope. the best lacrosse p- schools in the country. They don't dodge anybody. So Albany does have some very good lacrosse players, but you're, it's a trap game. It's an right. absolute trap game because the next game would be the national championship rematch, the current one versus two of Virginia and Maryland on a neutral field at Audi Field in D.C. If there's anything that I'm going to be in Vegas and wishing that I wasn't in Vegas, it was this one thing. This is a game that I would love to see in person. Best of the best going up against each other. Number one versus number two on March 19th. That's going to be a hell of a game. Well, and won't I you think- be back? I, yeah, I got a really good news for you because we get home about 3 a.m. before this so and oh, I, now shit. Don't, I now don't work Sunday so if you really want to slow this move down a little bit we can start moving All right. go check out the game and come on back. Hey I'm with it for some reason in my head that this was this worked to the last day of the trip so I wasn't going to be able to make it but well, yeah we arrive at home on the 19th at 1 a.m. Oh well we might be making this trip down to D.C. on literal to no sleep. <laughs> All right, fellas, it's time for this week's rundown. I'll kick this week off uh, because this was a story that broke earlier today that uh, or actually broke yesterday. Right. NFL commissioner Roger Goodell suspended Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons indefinitely through at least the conclusion of the 2022 season for betting on NFL games. Right. 
the problem with this is, is Calvin Ridley sat out for the majority of last year due to mental health issues, right? Uh, and during his time there, during his time off away from the game, he's placing bets. Ridley immediately tweeted after this suspension, I bet $1,500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. I couldn't even watch football at that point. Just going to be more healthy when I come back. I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year. LOL. Right? This is a cluster because it's it's not about the amount of money that you're betting. $1,500 is ultimately going to end up costing him $11.3 million by making that mistake, by sitting out for a year and not getting uh, not getting paid. Uh, this is... This is a sticky situation for the NFL because I know we've seen it on social media. There's, you know, people comparing this type of type of suspension to domestic violence and some of the other lighter suspensions that, you know, for more severe cases. This is the closest NFL comparison to the Pete Rose thing, where you know Pete Rose is basically banished from the game and still yeah. is banished from the game. Um, it's it's a slippery slope. The NFL can't screw this one up or can't fold I, to the pressure yeah, on this one. I don't want to. I don't want to open this up. We'll, we can go open we'll, this up in the after hours. So because right. I got a few things I want to get into on that. So yeah, yeah. it's well, gonna be a long one. So let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will. <laughs> so just to kind of sum it up, right? What he ended up doing is he placed a couple of parlay bets on the games using his cell phone, which is the first to think that these kind of bets don't happen by players. You'd be ridiculous to think that these happen all the time. But players do a much better job of covering this up or using somebody else his account, family member, friends, or whatever to do this. He did this on his own cell phone under his own account. That's his own stupidity. Uh, but it came over a five-day period in November. Uh, it placed multi-legged parlay bets involving three, five, and eight games that included the Falcons to win not per lose. source. Right, not lose. Uh, it couldn't have, They couldn't find any evidence, though, that used, he used any kind of inside info with his bets. Um, so it, it found no evidence that Ridley's coached or teammates in Atlanta even knew about the situation or him doing anything. Uh, he will be able to reply for reinstatement in, in February of 2023. We'll see what happens. But like I said, this kind of sports betting happens all the time. Ridley was just an absolute moron about it. But I got to give a shout out to the Falcons. This is big kudos to the Falcons. I heard this. Multiple teams had actually reached out to the Falcons about potentially trading for Calvin Ridley right before this happened. And the Falcons turned those trades down or those offers down because they knew that this pending situation was coming. So instead of them dumping ship and getting whatever they could for him. If you ain't cheating, you're not trying. I That's get it. I get it. I get it. And then, you know, if the Patriots would have probably had Ridley on their team, they, they probably would have the traded the shit out of them because that's just their <laughs> mo but i gotta give kudos to the atlanta falcons for for not doing that uh maybe it wasn't the smartest business move but i think it was the uh the classy move it would have been interesting to see if the league stepped in into that trade to see what yeah, would happen right. that would definitely we'll talk more about it in the after house go ahead drew uh quarterback is king when it comes to the nfl yeah uh Someone decided not to be outdone, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, you had news that Green Bay had reached a deal with Aaron Rodgers. We thought maybe there wouldn't be any drama. It's still, He's still coming out and doing the Aaron Rodgers thing where he's saying he's not, oh, I, I'm signed, guys, but it's not that deal they said type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Believe whatever you hear. I mean, at least maybe uh, it sounds like he is signed. We'll get into that in a little bit. And then Russell Wilson decided uh, not to be outdone, I guess. Uh, he, he'd been kind of quiet after the last offseason where he was kind of like, you know, he wanted to trade. Uh, he kind of got quiet about it. Well, the uh, Seahawks went ahead, gave him that trade, traded him to Denver. Apparently, it wasn't necessarily a 
uh, shoe drop of the Rodgers deal. They'd already been talking to Seattle about the trade. So he goes to Denver uh, in the trade for two first-rounders, two second-rounders, uh, and a fifth-rounder, along with uh, quarterback Drew Locke, <laughs> tight end Noah Fant, and a uh, pretty good defensive player and locker room guy in Shelby Harris. Uh, and, uh, the deal also includes a fourth-round pick for, with Wilson. Uh, currently has a two-year, $51 million deal left uh, with no guarantees, but uh, you would figure if he okayed that with through the no trade right. and they made that trade and he's still young enough, they're, they're extending him, so it's just a matter of time. Right. <laughs> they got all that for Rihanna's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Scott, what do you got? All right, uh, so this was a story that, uh, you know, me being the, the Gators fan in the room, uh, for me it was <laughs> – it was interesting to see and, and, you know, very heartwarming, a nice story, right? Uh, everybody, does anybody remember the name Keontae Johnson? Yeah, he was a kid that uh, collapsed on the basketball yeah, court. About right? 15 months ago. Yeah. Right? Well, that, that basically ended his basketball career. Um, he's, he's been unable to play. There's been reports of it being heart issues. There's been reports of it being uh, – they, they did confirm that it wasn't COVID-related. They said that there might be something else going on, that he still is having testing. He's still on treadmills and stuff every day. This guy, he collapsed back in December of 2020 and hasn't practiced or played since. So he still actually hasn't practiced at all. But he got a ceremonial start at senior day uh, on Saturday. They were facing Kentucky. The team wound up losing 71 to 63. But it was it was very interesting to see the beginning of the game. It was a very lightly contested tip uh, by the Kentucky center. The ball was knocked uh, over to Keontae Johnson, where he wound up dribbling a few times and then handed it off to the official and basically started hugging everything, everyone around him, including the Kentucky players, as a thank you. Uh, it was very clear that this was set up beforehand, and he even dropped down to the court, did a little push-up, and gave a kiss to the, the, the Gator at the center of the court, right, because it's the game that he loves. But we actually learned later that John Calipari actually extended the offer to Mike White and Keontae uh, to allow the ball to be tipped to him to start the game. And he apparently also offered them to allow Keontae to go ahead and score two points so that they could officially say that he scored two points on his senior day return. Uh, he, That's awesome. They, Mike White and uh, Keontae denied that part of the request. They appreciated the tip off, but they weren't going to they weren't going to score free points. Cal Perry basically said, like, there's 40 minutes in the game. We, I'm not worried about two points. Right. Um, now, if they would have somehow lost by two points, it would have been hilarious. Right. Been but, real interesting. But at the same time, I think it was it was the right thing to do. Great scene. Great sportsmanship on yeah. both sides to do this because this kid, I mean, this kid's done. We would, This kid was a top SEC player, right, when he went out. Right. And he collapsed on the court. Nobody knew why. And it's just been crazy to, to see that he hasn't been able to practice or play. They've said he isn't even able to run on a treadmill right now. Wow. So they, whatever is going on is completely serious. His family does keep it you know, tight to the vest, which 100% respect for that. Yeah, for sure. But great little story. But he has a hell of a shoot game, though. He does. Yeah, he does. He's <laughs> a big right. shoe collector. That's cool, man. That's All a really right. good yeah. story. James, what do you got this week? I got uh, uh, WNBA. Superstar Brittany Grinder. Uh, I don't know if you all know about her. She was Brittany uh, Grinder. <laughs> no, Grinder was the right word. Grinder. Yeah. Um, she was. Uh, she's been a, a champion for the Phoenix Suns uh, and um, team. But um, I didn't know this. But most of the time, when these leagues get done, they go over to overseas and they play in in Russia or in Europe. 
and she plays for a Moscow team. But during a break from from uh, her Russian team, she decided to come back to the United States for a two-week break. But she was due back to play on the 20th, so she flew back on the 17th from New York to Moscow. Going through customs, she forgot that she had her vape pen with marijuana oil in it and has been detained because it's very... Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, but yeah. it is true. So they, no one has known her whereabouts since February the 17th until now. And now they, they released her mugshot on Russian TV. So when you get arrested, they put like a live video up on TV and show... How is this not bigger news? How did they like not report that Brittany Griner has been missing? Because we don't know where the hell she's been. She's a, a basketball superstar. What are we doing gets, as a country? I, yeah. She gets one. Her her salary is one point five million just to play for them. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Bowers hands her and says it's allegedly. <laughs> um, and also, what giant cojones Brittany Griner has to go to Russia? and play basketball as a very outspoken LGBT woman that's seven foot tall and very noticeable. Yeah. Uh, like, you're not hiding in the crowds here, especially during the issues going on in, in Russia right now. A lot <laughs> well, of she's talk, been playing over there for a few years, yeah. though. Yeah, a lot because... of talk that they're trying to take American prisoners in order to trade for Russian prisoners here. So who knows what was like happening. She's, look, she's looking about doing 10 years over there and found guilty. But wow. the thing is... I don't know about you, but when I go places that I don't know or can't speak the language, I'm not taking legal substance with me on a plane. Bro, you have no idea. My cousin works at BWI. The amount of idiots in the world that bring things that are very, very illegal to the airport just because they forgot it's in there. Yep. That's it. It's not like yeah. nefarious reasons. I mean, there are people many... bringing handguns to the airport and not having any clue. Oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah. Like, how, many football, how many like... NFL players have got... Yeah, I don't that. know about you, but when I start going on a trip, I pack my own suitcase, and I put it in my bag, and I, 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 I see the shit. Like, they right. know. They have to know it's there unless someone puts it in there as You don't a joke understand how whatever. stupid some people are. I'm sorry. Yeah. My suitcase <laughs> is always empty well, when I pack. I'll say, too, when it goes. In a situation like this, I think a lot of Americans are just kind of ignorant to the fact that, like, what you can do here, you can't do in other countries. Like, that might just get tossed in the trash here. Ryan getting angry about the Olympians being mad they were quarantined in China. You knew that shit was going to (laughs) happen. By the way, to that note, you can't have a vape pin on a plane in the U.S. anyway. So how did she get it to Moscow? (laughs) All right, Ryan, what do you got? All right, well, mine's a little bit brighter and happier. Go ahead and hit the sound, Fred. (laughs) So this here, this is the national anthem at FC Charlotte's home opener. What you're hearing here is the... The singer's mic went out, and their fans began to sing to cover up the, the, you know, the fact that they were missing. The mic came back on for a second. You could hear saying, but and everyone kind of dropped out. But the mic pops off, and the fans keep it going. And credit to FC Charlotte, they went with it. They play, they blew off the fireworks, the reds at and, the right and the, time, and the, just <laughs> let the fans be the show. And honestly, better than any national anthem I can remember at any game I've ever been to. 
like, let's get rid of the singers and let's just do this, people. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It's epic. This, my uh, my, <laughs> my favorite redhead, Eric uh, Cook, was down here at this game. He's a North Carolina native now. For clarity, Fred's, Fred's not messing with the volume button right now. Yeah. What you're hearing them elevate, that is true. He has stayed consistent on this. Yeah. yeah. So the, what, the, what it basically was is like, People fell out because they're like, oh, her mic spec will let her do her job. But then they're like, no, we got to carry yeah, it. We so got it. We're all joining and kind of getting the vibe. That has got to be the best start of a game I've ever seen. That's the pretty epic. The crowd is lit from minute one. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. epic. <laughs> all right. So uh, last thing we, we got to touch on, Drew hit on it. And it, I know it's going to wind up leading us into the after hours with both this and the Calvin Ridley story. Uh, but we have Rodgers with the... Potential QB market altering contract. He comes out and says, well, those numbers have changed. Reports are saying it's a three or four year deal worth about 50 million uh, with 100. And I think uh, it was 150 million, 50 million per. A, a per year. Uh, yeah, but it was going to be something like 150 million guaranteed of that 200 million dollar contract. Mm. They were reporting uh, crazy numbers. The, the Packers say they're not do, said that they're not doing anything with Rodgers until he decides. Well, he apparently has decided that he's going to play for the Packers. Via uh, Twitter, the official source of everything. At least for next year. At least for this yeah, year. Via Twitter. Uh, multiple sources are saying that the, the Packers have been approached by multiple teams, including the Steelers, right? So, look, I, things are crazy in what we've seen the Packers do in the past several years. I don't put anything past them. At $50 million a year, the Pittsburgh Steelers can have them. <laughs> could they could somebody could they work out a sign and trade is this what this could be i, I mean this, i don't think it is but you know aaron Rodgers is aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time if there was anybody in this league right now that was going to get 50 million dollars it's probably going to be aaron Rodgers. so i i don't like this doesn't surprise me um you know and, and the way that aaron Rodgers is acting on social media also doesn't surprise me because that's just him uh but where this ties to the Ravens is this is exactly why I don't think Lamar Jackson is running to the signing board to sign a contract with the Ravens yet because the more these type deals that get signed all that does is bring Lamar's contract value up and up and up so he's betting on himself knowing that the Ravens aren't going to let him walk regardless of what happens they're not going to let him walk so he's got this year and two years of potential franchise tags for the Ravens that if more contracts like this come out again his number just keeps going up and up and up. So I, I think this falls right in line with why he's doing Apparently, it. Apparently, he's he was offered a contract. It was a five-year, $35 million. So when they start out low, you know. Where's your source? A very good source. A very and good was, source. Yes, a very good source. <laughs> this Quadra Ishmael? Is it JLC? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But a very good source. source that they offer him a five-year. They want, they want to stick to a five-year. He doesn't want a five-year deal. But that the Ravens are trying to stick to a five-year deal. They started out low. 35 is a little low. That's really low. You know, it should be 37 to start out with. <laughs> but I, I just don't see any more than 40. Uh, well, guy. you're wrong. He's going to get a lot more than 40, especially when these deals keep happening like this. No rules. No boundaries. Two topics, 30 seconds each. It's time for the two-minute warning. No! 
All right, fellas, it's time for the two-minute warning. I thought I forgot gang signs. I did. You were staring off into the next. I wasn't making eye contact on purpose. I wasn't going to let you think you told me to do it. You were staring at me through the TV. It was really awkward. It was weird. Oh, man. People will give you no credit on these gang signs. I haven't even read the questions yet, so go ahead. I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to ask the question. So Ryan's going to go first. All right, so you got to be ready to hit the – or I'll hit the button over here. I got it. Uh, So Tony Hawk, he's in his 50s. He recently broke his femur skateboarding. Ugh. You think you guys could skateboard today or even pull off a trick? Absolutely not. It's one of the very <laughs> few things that I could never do even when I was younger. Yep. Uh, give me some rollerblades and I might be able to get up out of the, the uh, half pipe, but absolutely not on the skateboard. If that shit ain't tied to my feet, it's going elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely not. That's exactly my answer, too. If I was going to do anything on a skateboard, it would be on my ass sitting on it going down a hill very fast when I was a kid. That's about the only thing I could do. I could not stand up on a, on a skateboard whether I was 5, 20, 50, doesn't matter what the age is. And my is. father, who was a very good skateboarder at the beginning of skateboard like worldery uh at, at our age could not could barely do it like he tried an ollie and he looked like a moron so like unless you keep doing it you don't so get we, to keep so doing we all it. agree we were skateboard losers yeah 100 yeah. okay. yeah. all right buy or sell and why the biggest issue in growing baseball is the pace of play uh, i sell it's just not it's not impressive. Like the the reason people are fans of baseball is because they played baseball. The reason people baseball is so popular is America's sport. It's because every boy grew up playing baseball, so they could relate to it. You can watch football and have never played football and go, "Oh my god, that's amazing catch!" You can watch basketball and see these high flying acrobatic craziness that happens once every. Three million players, like the Manny Machados that you see these amazing physical feats, are one in a million. That's not your normal everyday player. Fred? So my answer to this is pace of play a part of it? Yes. But is it all of it? No. It's MLB won't get out of their own fucking way. And it's it's a it's a multitude of things that are keeping baseball from growing. The sport is stale. The rules are stale. There's a lot of things that need to change. And with everything that's going on right now with the collecting bargaining agreement, we can see that nothing's going to change. Like, it's just, it's 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 sickening what's happened with baseball. And to Ryan's point, how often do you see kids in the street playing baseball anymore? You don't. Not like we did when we were kids. Scott and up. I played in a championship game together at what, 13? Yeah. My father coaching my team, his father coaching his team. Everyone played baseball. Now, nobody plays baseball. Exactly. There's like, I mean, there's like so, three teams at Falston Rex to, per age group. We I was had say, 20. To, get, to, give Ryan, to give Ryan credit on that, I mean, if you go to where we used to play, yeah. there used to be four fields. Nope. There's now one. Yeah, I was telling my <laughs> friend the other empty. day. So yeah. when I was growing up playing baseball, I was talking to a guy who's got a son in the rec system that I played baseball with growing up. We had 10 to 15 teams per age group. They can't even get four teams per age group I, now. It's why did signed up for T-ball? And I just got word that with the T-ball, they've got enough. They said they have enough for four teams. Now it's but they split have two off. coaches. It's, it's not, exactly. They have two coaches. They yeah, don't have enough volunteers. They years. don't have enough assistant coaches. It, it, it's Where hard. Are you at, Dad? But for me, I am assistant coaching. Oh. But assistant, assistant coaching because for me, he's it's, a, he's a catcher, not a coordinator. For, for me, it's <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's a little harder because of my job to be there at, on time every time. And I think that's what a coach should be able to do. Yeah, if they, if it wound up coming down to it, and they needed somebody. I'd try to probably figure out a way to do it. Or maybe risk fake. reward they have of a being a coach. They, they have a thing called FaceTime now, Scott. You take an <laughs> iPad out there, and they can just 
Put you on camera. Just put me on a Segway with a, with an iPad. That's apparently what I need to do. All right, fellas. Good show. Again, big shout out to Garnett West for taking the time to be on the show this week. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. If you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe. Follow us on all our social media accounts. You can follow me at FredBLBS. Follow Ryan at TerpsBEspert. Follow Scott at ScottBLBS. And if you want to follow the casting couch, you can. You know where the, the names are. Uh, and Fred's going to be 40 this week. Fred, for his 40th birthday, has asked for all of you to go to all of the podcast platforms and rate and review the show. Uh, Any birthday presents are accepted in rate and review form. I appreciate that. Uh, we won't be back next week. Where Scott might be doing Scott an abbreviated show. I'm, Do I'm, it. All right, so we'll see. I'm going Do to be it. doing a show. Okay. There may be a guest. Okay. We will see. I'm Sounds not like that guest might anything. be in the house. Still. I'm excited. <laughs> Actually, no. No. Okay. All right. No. Carlozo, we'll, maybe. No. All right. So I'm just gonna keep guessing. Now, uh, <laughs> well, like as Ryan said, it's my birthday, so we will be gone next week in yeah. Vegas. So I'm sure we'll have plenty of stories Ooh. to tell you about when we come back. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, tune in. Speaking Make sure you don't miss hours, it. Or speaking of Vegas, think, stick around for after hours because we got some opinions on the gambling here, I'm sure. We Jabba do. Walkies. <laughs> we do. Make sure you tune in every week, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. We'll see you guys next week or in two weeks from now. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> you're in the wrong seat, Scott. Fred, for Fred, Ryan, Ooh, myself, yep. James, Ooh. and Drew, we'll see you guys next week. Ooh, see ya.